Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, well, hello. Big week of back chat as per usual. Um, how was your How was your little weekend gone, Dan? Yeah, very good. Some great footy, some excellent footy to to watch, especially from West Coast. But that was great. You you, you are a, a proper West Coast fan. You, you mm. come in a bit miserable when West Coast don't go well. It, just just it's okay if Frio go well and West Coast don't. Yeah, you, you come in a bit stroppy. You do. No, I'm, you know what? For the rest of the season, I, I don't care anymore. It's, you, it's done. <laughs> That's even better. West Coast. You know what? They're that bad. I don't care. I don't even go no, for West Coast. It's not worth investing enough. my energy. In. Like, okay. we're just gonna, we're, it's official. We're the worst team. It was disappointing. It's I, I would say West Coast were disappointing. Freo, very good, though. All right, good. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> back chat. You know where to find us. Back chat, double underscore, all socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. You can find it all at backchatpodcast.com.au. Yeah, if you haven't been to the website for a while, just mm. give it a look. Yeah. It's good. It's a very good, A bit of an update. Mm. Yeah, I like it as well. Uh, Patreon members, hello. Thanks for being with us. Again, another week, another month. We love your support. You're doing great things. If you haven't checked it out, Whippersnapper Whiskey. Discount code over there. A couple more discount codes coming very shortly as well. A couple of exciting partnerships to announce. Not this week, though. Okay. That's just a little teaser. Mm. But if you're not a Patreon, you can find that over at our website. <laughs> Sorry. God damn. How do I not? Patron. Yes. Yep. Sorry. But we love our patrons. Thank you very much. Um, we've been whiskey looking after us again. Don't quite have them poured today, but we may, we may just. We will. I'm just, you know, we'll get there. A nice little sip of a beer at the moment, but. Mm. Whipper Snapper, best whiskey in the world. Yep. It's I will, official. I will make the point, though. They weren't the best whiskey in the world when they didn't sponsor or you know partner with Backchat. Yep. They partner with Backchat, best whiskey in the world. Yep. Shoot them to the stars. It's not like chicken and the egg. Yep. Like what came first? Because it Backchat. Is. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's because, right. Because Backchat came second. Yes. And we made them who they are. No, mm-hmm. that's, that's a lie. They do great whiskey. We love them. Thanks for supporting us. Um, let's get straight into it. Fantasy. Yeah. How's the team? I, I, feel, really like, good. I, feel, I feel like we've improved this week. Very good. Um, why don't we start with me? Because that's the start on a high. Not a single DMP did not play. I love that. I've got... I promised I'd be positive about it this week. Every sing- it. Yeah, I've said I'm making the top 100 by the end of the, the, end of the season. My captain went crazy. 276 points. Ooh. Dunkley. Oh, Dunks. 
made that slam change last minute as well. Dunk. Yeah, this is a slam dunk. Um, but yeah, good. I think I've moved up. Really good. Well mm-hmm. done. Charlie, welcome. Good to have you here. Yeah, thank you. How's your, uh, how's your dream team looking? Uh, I had a pretty good week myself. Jumped up a couple of places. I'm getting closer to that top 100. I'm at 110 now. Okay. 116. Big boy. I didn't uh, captain Dunkley. I had McRae captained. Uh, was he okay? He, no, he, he didn't get 100. Well, that's not he good. He got 88. No, he got that's 88. That's not good. Yeah, I, I should have made the change. Um, Indy, I mean, Indy's, Indy's in the house today. Hi, Indy. Um, this isn't your podcast debut, is it? No. Uh, no, I think it was last week, but okay. I didn't speak into the mic, so look. How's your fantasy team going? I mean, we've covered this. I don't have one in. Okay, I thought I'd just broach that again. I did remember, but I thought I'd ask and embarrass you again. Thanks for that, Indy. Sorry. Appreciate you helping out again. Uh, if you want to make one, you can always be in it and then try not to come last. You could probably beat Kat. Uh, uh, my team? Yep, how's it going? Go on, tell well, us. That's why I'm positive. I'm mm-hmm. up and about. I've jumped almost 20 spots to 65. I've come from 86. Wait, I've come from 85 to 66. Huge. Yeah, well big, done. big jump. Big jump, Charlie. 86 to 65th. There you go. What is that? What do you put that down to? What have you done? Um, is it just your team's finally... Yeah. Okay. The, rolling, the rolling's starting to happen. Just, yep. just was it building quietly and nicely. That's Look, what I was doing. It's not... Correct. Mm. Correct. I mean, it's not what I planned. Yep. But we will continue to grow. And yes. I had Dunkley captain, just like you. Yeah, well uh, but more importantly, I mean, what we're all here for is to hear how the hot guy team is going, the hot boys team. Yeah. My wife, Alex, well, she's going very well. Um, didn't Captain Bailey Smith this week, big error. How Cap- many, what did he end up with? Uh, like about 93. Okay. A lot better than her actual captain, Petrarca, or as she likes to call him, Patricia. Uh, <laughs> Don't know why. She doesn't know his He's name. Pretty. Yeah, Patricia. Pretty Patricia. Uh, Petrarca. He got 70s. Real bad as a captain. Still in the top 500 in Australia, though. So, can't complain, can you? No. She's moved into the top 10 of back chat. She's in the ninth. My goodness. The absolute fucking scenes that will happen if Alex fucking Schofield wins this fantasy competition. I'll tell you what. It's all a ruse for you to get to the grand final, perhaps. I, I, I would happily say, you know, I'm controlling her team. I'm making the decisions. And I've got two teams in the comp. I do not. Yep. The jealousy and like I, I I look, I dedicate my life to back chat. Love doing what we do here. Mm-hmm. But the other dedication is to fantasy football. And my team's a piece of shit. What's your team's name again? Back chat's go here. That's oh. your team name. Oh well, I mean fuck me. It's back cat. What's yours? Be my Ballantine. This is creative. You're a joke. <laughs> okay. Whip around. Let's go. Whip around yep. the league. What's been happening? Um roaming back chat. I think it's going from strength to strength. If yes. you haven't seen it, don't know about it. Charlie sends himself out. We don't even send him out there. Yeah. Charlie just goes, you know where I want to be? I want to be at the footy amongst every week. It. Amongst the people because the people bring us the content. Charlie, mm-hmm. roaming back chat. Tell us about what. what is it? What is it? What? So basically I will grab a microphone, uh, yes. someone behind the camera, and I'll just run into crowds and I'll start <laughs> yelling questions at them. <laughs> and I've got to be thankful for the line there at the, at the camp field. That's, that's a great little spot. You do seem to just hang around the uh, slightly inebriated members of the camp field. Look, they're a little more forthcoming. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's a bit of fun out there, though. You, you had any like, I've, I've always love. got a smile on my face in it. Because I'm just having so much fun. Bit and of love, people getting around physically. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of hugs recently. I think I had about six hugs on on uh, on Saturday night. Wow. Yeah. Good. Maybe uh, take strangers. Take, take a business card out. Maybe Charlie, so hand the number out. Maybe or are they all blokes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Fine. The hugs were yeah. Okay. Back chat. Uh, roaming back chat. 
So Charlie heads out, West Coast and Frio, gets in amongst the people and just gets the content that we need. Like, mm. ask Carlton fans, why did you steal Adam Chera? Yeah. <laughs> Not happy with it either, a lot of them. Yeah. But they lost. So, I mean, Frio win. Happy days. Absolutely flag mantle. It's the new mantra. Flag mantle. The lid's I, off, mate. I, I cut out, like, quite a few people saying that because it would, would have just been the whole two minutes as flag mantle. The, the listeners of this podcast know that we've been very pro Fremantle this year. Yes. Now, I mean, you're a bit, you get a bit grumpy when they win and West Coast lose, but I don't particularly. Um, it actually makes me sometimes No, I, I like happy. Fremantle I, winning. I just don't like the way the fans well, I'll tell you what. On. The people who've been listening to this podcast know that the, the, the lid's off. The train's going. I hope you've booked your flights. Have you, have you thought about booking flights yet, Charlie? I actually was. One of the, one of the pers- people at Roaming said it was 440 on Jetstar and, you know, Hey, that's bad. a deal. That's a that's a good deal. I think that's one way, but you know, do you need to come back after that? Yeah, that's a good point. We'll never see him again. Now, um, we got a little something we want to roll out. Just something a bit new. Mm. Nice bit of, uh, you know, a bit of. You've been yeah, working on this something. for a little bit. I noticed um, there was there's a period of time we're going to interview someone from an old West Coast team. I think it would have been Chad Fletcher. And when I was looking at photos of him, I noticed him wearing the most heinous. West Coast jersey, the orca, Guernsey, the orca in existence. It's, it's that nice sunbursty no, the orange. Orca. The, 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 the orange, the orca colour. It's it's like yeah. it's called the orca, mate. It's, okay, it's one of the I, worst. One of the worst jumpers you'll ever see in your it life. It is. It is one of the worst. And I thought, mate, there are there have been some horrible ones. That's probably West Coast worst. Mm. Each team probably has one that you want to forget about. So I'm going to put together Carlton, what, the light blue M M&M and M one. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> right. Um, Saint Kilda had like a stick figure. Like a little stick figure angel thing or a saint. Like it was. Might have been charity, don't know. Oh, you reckon it was like the saints? It was the saint, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It, whatever it is. We'll steer clear of good causes and we'll go right at just, clearly just being poorly designed by the marketing team. Yeah, that's right. And so what we're going to put together is a bracket of worst Guernseys in the, uh, in the AFL. One from each team. Okay. And we'll just battle them off one, one after another on social media. You vote. So it might be the West Coast Guernsey v the worst Collingwood Guernsey. Whichever one gets the most votes, that will be the winner of that little bracket and will go on oh. to, to meet the next person in the next round. So kind of like a wild card round? Like if they lose the first round, they can kind of come back in another way? No, we should – what we'll probably do is give them some seedings, you know, yeah. so one should beat eight and you know, all that sort of thing. So that's going to be coming up on socials, but we probably need a little bit of help getting the worst because I'm sure we'll pick 18 there will be one that we missed so if you know of a horrible horrible design Gerdsey send us yep. what they are back chat double underscore on Twitter Instagram TikTok you can get in contact there or just email us hello at backchatpodcast.com.au right. every fan base would have that one Gerdsey when you're like oh gosh why, why don't why you start something that? on Reddit you get some content yeah, yeah we'll do something on like once the brackets built we'll I really feel like you've been banned from Reddit I really do because <laughs> no. you don't ever speak about it ever ever it's yeah well because I know if I'm if I'm one post I feel like I'm always one post away from getting banned you're like scared of the host Yo, don't, don't ban me well I use the side a lot who's the guy, who's <laughs> yeah, the, who's the guy that ran MySpace who's the guy Tom yeah it's like Tom's running Reddit who's the Tom of Reddit <laughs> well I don't know it's the bloody mods of the RF okay so we're gonna run the Anyways. the worst. Guernsey's in the AFL mm, bracket. bracket. It's sort of like yeah. the NCAA college bracket they do. Yeah, that's right. There I will be that. one winner at the end who has the worst Guernsey of all time in the AFL. Great. We'll find out who that is. And, the, the cha- and they will be crowned the champion. Yeah. And we will find one of those and we'll put it up here at Backchat and we'll frame it. All right. Last one from the weekend. If budget allows. This court, yeah, which is unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Okay. Did you, something caught your eye. Yes. Which is good. I yeah, like, so I like today, it when you get a bit And that game was awesome. Oh, it's great. that good. Yep. It's that good. I wrote, 
I wrote little 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 stuff for code. I wrote uh, for what the day deserved. It was the perfect game. Yep. Both teams had a chance to win it. It was tough. It was hard. Highly skilled. End to end. High scoring. Had everything. Had everything. It also had a, it had a fifty meter penalty, which I absolutely hated. Now it's not. It wasn't one of the arms up ones that's been in contention all the, you know this whole season. It was Brody Gun. Oh, Grun- it was Brody Grundy took a mark and was about to kick the ball to who? Who was? It? Who did you say it was? It uh, was a- uh, well, the guy on the mark was Nick Hines. Nick Hines. So, so what happened was Grundy was about to kick the ball. He sort of faked the kick, and the man on the mark moved because he was about to anticipate the mark. And he didn't follow through with the kick. So then the umpire, because the guy on the mark moved off his line, paid a 50-metre penalty, marched him up about 40 metres out from 50, and he kicked the goal. That, like, uh, he actually passed it off and tailed out. I already grunted kicked that. No, that was – he did. That was one. a different one. He, he got marched right into so, maybe So to describe it, like, out. even better, Grundy had it on the centre wing. He didn't – Fake the kick. He's a ruckman, so he he was going to kick it to yeah. his player. There's a lot that has to happen for the ruckman yeah. to kick the ball. Ball he- head, <laughs> yeah. head to hand. Say drop ball, drop ball on foot. <laughs> big big long leg sweep kick through. Foot to the right team, <laughs> right. So he's going to kick it to his player, and in that time, Nick Hind is on the mark. Highly intelligent, I'm assuming. He plays in the back line. Yeah. He's going. I'm going to cut this off. I'm just going to. But he was that slow in getting the ball from hand to foot. Yes, he was able to stop doing it. Made Hind move. 50 yep. meter penalty. Yeah, and unfortunately, Hein reacted like, "Oh, you got like yeah. so shattered." But you, but that, you got can't me. give a 50. What did you from think that? about it? Did you like it? You just need if if that happens, like I think the umpire needs to go, "Hey, come come back." Like you can't go, like you can't let the guy pump fake you in, like trick him into moving. I understand the rule that they want to keep someone on the mark and not move it, so it's free flowing and all of that. But you can't like. Th- because guys will start doing it. What if? What if you like pretend to have like? They've already started doing it. Yeah, exactly, have. and like that's just. I don't like that rule. It's like, is it like a bit like uh, man catting, like in cricket? You don't like the. Is that oh, like I've done that. <laughs> 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 but that's. But you give someone a warning. That's the thing. You don't do it the first time. You right. stop. You'd you go, like Mate, to see a warning like, from know, the umpire. Yeah, go come back. I'm, it, I'm it, not going to argue against you. I think. The, the stuff that pisses me off is the instinctual stuff that's getting taken out of the game, right? So the hands-out rule that I was blame, you know, blabbing on about last week, yep. it, it's not like, – I'm not trying to let players argue with umpires. Mm. You want to show respect, but it's just an instinct. It's not like I'm going to disrespect this umpire and argue with him, so I'm going to do this. It's literally just like decision goes against you. You, could be, you go, what, what? You're confused. What's that for? You're, yeah. Not confused. You can't put excuses for players right there. But the instinct – You've mm. got to have instinctual play in footy. It's no different to the stand rule on the mark, exactly what you're talking about. It's instinctive to try and cut a ball off if someone's trying to kick it to an opposition player. You are, yep. you've, we've been bred to do that over many years of training. As a six-year-old, you do that. So you get to the AFL and what, you can't do it? Uh, t- putting your hand up if you're in the ruck. Is that instinctual for ruckmen? I mean, they can barely get their left and right boots on to get out in the field, <laughs> let alone put their hand up. And uh, uh, the, the, the physical contact, you know, the, the, the rulings, like Paddy Ryder got rubbed out for basically standing in the middle of the ground while Will Day ran towards him and knocked him over, hit his head. An instinctual move to be physical in the game and we're taking it out. That's what I hate. I hate, I hate non-instincts and being mm. like, this is the rule, this is what you have to do. For which, me, which I mean, I mean, you'd love that, no doubt. <laughs> I love the rule. This is the rule. The game fun. The the thing that it reminds me of is like pump faking a free throw, 
in basketball, right? Someone if you him. if you go to pump fake the free throw and guys move in to grab the rebound, it's actually a, f- a foul on the free thrower. But do the refs go? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, Just, that's yeah, they you do. Can't do. They that. go, come back, come back. But if if an NFL and if an AFL player goes to kick the ball, pretends and it gets the guy off the mark, that's fifty meter penalty is is leave, not leave the instincts in. Yeah, there's one instinct footy. Yep, give them a one if they do it again, then give them a fifty. But and Dan wants West Coast to play better. Back yeah. chat, bet. Just try. Powered by blue bet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, oh boy. So, I mean, West Coast would disappoint. I think we need to move on from having West Coast in our multis. Yeah. They'll never make a line big enough, probably, for, for some they, they helped. We, we, we won our first multi with West Coast at the line. Yes. Against Collingwood, right? Mm. Which, which really, you know, sucked us into a false sense of security <laughs> because <laughs> they've been just god awful in the last yeah. two weeks. So, yeah. back chat bets, thanks to blue bet. We put a multi together during the week after we've recorded this. Yes. Because we're having issues with changes that were happening during the week, COVID and everything else. So we put something together later in the week. So you've got to check our socials. If you want to get involved with it, mm. check our socials. We get a bit of banter going during the week, a bit of banter over the weekend. Stay alive. Chuck five bucks on it. Sign up on Bluebet. Yep. You'll find it on all that stuff. You know all the stuff I'm always preaching about. So this week. Oh, boy. Will's pick. West Coast at the line. So it was twenty. It was twenty points. West Coast had a twenty-point head start. Yeah, did not help them. They About lost three minutes in. I was like, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, because they kicked the first goal of the match. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's twenty-six ahead. Oh, Seventy-four minutes later, they kicked their second goal of the match. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that did not go very well. And Port Adelaide absolutely belted them yep. over ten goals. So we were done and dusted before we even got started. But just to go over it, Charlie's pick. Yeah, Charlie, you just uh, you've been actually really hot, mate. Haven't, haven't dropped a leg yet. Oh, oh Charlie, pretty good. Watch, watch don't, him drop on this week. I've, I've jinxed it now. I, I mean, I mean, Freo to win one to thirty nine. What I do like about it, you don't try to get, you're not trying to get too inventive. You're not trying to pick the margin. I'm, you know? I'm playing it safe. Yeah, yeah, good. And we need that. You need that. You Otherwise, we're going to end up with an impossible yeah. multi because we go on and put on the next part of the leg, which was Jordan to go to kick two goals. Had a pretty good game. Kick one. Did you end up with one? I thought he ended up with zero. He kicked one. Zero two. I checked you just before I came in. Okay. He, he had didn't twenty kick. I think he had twenty two, twenty five 20, touches. Twenty seven touches. Um absolutely dominated. Did not yeah. kick a goal. Zero. He was goals. in the middle a lot. He was he was two goals under what he needed to kick, which was yep. two. Um so we lost that too. And then you, you had a go. Dan's mm. pick. Yep. What did you do? Uh total score between <sighs> in the Anzac game had to be an even amount. Um, and the was, idea behind well, that. one point off, well, one point off. <laughs> the idea it. behind the even is total score have to be an even number, so it can yeah. either be even or odd. <laughs> They're the two outcomes. It's, it's true. It's a flip There's of a coin. Yeah. There's no uh, higher priority than others. The idea was to be still alive coming into the last leg, yeah. and then we are all watching the to the last second. Of the I game. Will, we'll say this though: and we right? would have lost again. So it was it was odds, and um, Essendon had like a kick into the middle, and I was like, oh, if they run this down and they kick a point here, like, it would be magical. I will say this. Okay, I'll counter your, you saying this with, I'll say this. We're not but we're not betting on West Coast again, and we're not doing we're not doing odds <laughs> and evens. Yeah. All right, we're going to use our brains. We're going to get a win for the people next yeah. week. Okay. And we're going to take, we're, we're take down Blue Bet. Mm-hmm. I was talking to the guys the week before. They were worried. Oh, we're yeah. we're going to take them down. Yep. We're taking them down this week. Uh, no fines this week. I've got, I've got one, actually. Um, it's for you, Charlie. I don't need the story. I know all about it. Uh, we, are, we asked you to get some fillet of fishes last week uh, for me to eat, which was just putrid, clearly. A disgusting burger, um, undercooked, you know, barely fish, barely seafood. You went down to Macca's. You didn't go through the drive through You went into the store. Actually, why? $2 fine for you. Why? I couldn't 
say to another person, I want three pillow <laughs> pictures. So you have to do the screen. Yeah, the screen that's anonymous. There's no there's no judgment there. And I could just grab the bag silently and leave. <laughs> The good thing about using the screen with the filler fish is that that area of the screen is so rarely touched that you only need to tap it lightly, and it's like the sensors are still fresh on that oh, bit of the screen. That's very good. That, I reckon the screen's would be able to smell a filler fish from a mile away. <laughs> um, if you do want to send a fine through, though, backchatpodcast.com.au. There's a little tab up at the top, finds. A nice little little table, little banner. You can find that. Send, it, send a fine. It'll be yep. fine. Uh, you good. send it. We read it. Okay. I like how zippy this is about. We've got a <clears throat> big interview coming up. Oh, yeah, we haven't even told anyone. Brownlow Medalist coming up. Shame Wobode. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it's, in the, it's probably going to be in the title of the episode. So, Oh, they know. They know. But I'm just saying, yeah. we're just whipping through it with it because I'm fanboying a bit. Yeah. You don't, there's not many Brownlow Medalists rolling around. I'll tell you that right now. No. How many are there? Charlie. 80? <laughs> Don't go off the top of your head, Charlie. I was going to guess. It, it's got to be about 90. You'd think there'd be no Charles Brownlows before he finished playing. Like they're not giving that Brownlow away before he's done. You've got you to remember as well, there was a few joint winners. True. Four. And some, some back-to-back some doubles. Questions. Yeah, it is. I'll find out. Okay. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, yeah, let's do You Send It, We Read It first. Uh, Andrew Vitalins, a very regular contributor to this section. We absolutely love it. Hi, Dan and Scoey. Hello. Uh, is it now the ideal time for the AFLW competition to be revamped? Sharing uh, Starting next season, they could play under the now-defunct AFL-X rules. It could be then rebranded as X-A-F-L... Sorry, X-A-W-F-L. X-Awful. Uh, X-Awful. Uh, <laughs> regards, Andrew. Okay. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, they're they're well to way down the line to make it a proper competition. If you watch the grand final of the AFLW, if you think the quality is not good enough, now if you watch a West Coast play, it's not. But they're not. But if you watch a West Coast play in the men's comp, their standard's not good enough either. Mm-hmm. But if you if you put West Coast against Melbourne this week, they would lose by twenty goals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in the AFLW, it's no different. If you watch the worst teams play, right, it's no good. The grand final. Was highly skilled. Uh, they played at Adelaide Oval or Adelaide Melbourne. I think that's correct. Be terrible if it's not. Highly skilled, um, enjoyable to watch. Decently high scoring, like high scoring for a women's match, and it was great to watch. So I don't think we need to go backwards. They're going to keep going forwards. I, I'm I'm a bit concerned with some more teams coming into the competition this year that the talent's going to be spread too thin. You, you yep. can't just create more talent. Like, they'd be already be playing in the league this year. That's so right. where are they going to get those players from? It'd be like if you came in, if you came and added another two or three teams to the AFL men's, it, the, the quality would drop as well. So yes. that's not a positive thing, but I don't think the answer is to make it like the, 20, the, the T20, T20 yeah. version of the AFL. If you, if you make it novel, people will sort of, I think that would turn people off. It'll start turning into like the lingerie football league. It was an absolute joke. We don't want that. No, absolutely not. I do like the AFLX though. Right. That that competition was yeah. fun <laughs> as, and people like shit on it a lot, um, and it was awful. But I just love that they gave it a go, and oh. I'd like to. I'd like to next guest that we have that was in in the AFLX. We need to talk about it. We need Fife's some- Flyers. <laughs> hey, Fife's Flyers, the best team in the history of, course of the you, Of course, <laughs> you remember that. What color were they? 
oh, I want to say like they were grey or something, maybe orange. Yeah, there was there was some odd colours, and they did the whole like walk in with yeah. the like oh, Alex, yeah. Alex Rance came in on the hoverboard. Yeah, I wrote it. Yeah. I got to say, I wrote it. I yeah. didn't write it at the time. I was looking at the players like, look at these fuckwits because I had to play against them. They come upcoming weeks, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. But now watching as a fan, I'm about it. Have you seen the new baseball league that's been going around? Um, and it's like it's sort of like a novel baseball league. So it's like the quality's high. Like it's not just like amateur people. I mean, it's obviously people that are not good enough to play MLB, but they do like the pitcher is about to to pitch the ball, and then a song starts playing, and the whole outfield are doing the same dance at the same time, and then they pitch the <laughs> ball, and it's a strike, and the fans like get into it, and there's like a banana ball, like this is right. all this crazy stuff. That's good. Yeah, I, I mean, because baseball is quite a long game to watch. Yeah. Yeah, like eight nine innings, and it's boring. There's like five percent action time. Unless in. you drink, then it's fun. Yeah, Matt Harris, get a team back chat. Hi. I've hey, I've raised this on socials once, but I thought I'd send my Dan Cont style sporting achievements not on the football field. Nice. One of which is also very uh, also relevant to the fines regime. Wow. Okay, one. Pardon of unbeaten championship season for the University of Canberra Firebirds in the ACT Gridiron competition. Note, I am a lineman and I suck. Okay. There we go. Okay. That's pretty good. Congratulations. Uh, number two, I've got good. my 225 badge in 10-pin bowling with an absolute fluke of a 227. Note, never got close to 200 again. That's What's huge. The, what, what, are the ba- what are the badges? What, what level? What, is it 200, 225, 250? I, mean, I feel like I should know this. I played under nine. I think you get one um, at 75, 100, 125, 150. And so each time you get that score, they add another ring to your badge. Like a karate belt. Black belt. Yeah, but as if they added like the colours on top of one another. Like another. a prefect pocket. Yeah, and so there's like little rings on it and you add another badge to it. So it dangles. That's epic. Do you That's wear it while good. you... While you bowl? I mean, if you've got a long one, probably want to take it off. We need to do back chat bowls, I'm telling you. Yep, we will. Bowling with back chat. Holy <laughs> shit. On a beers. Beers beers with back chat bowling. Oh, my God. We could make that happen. Very. There's a very good bowling alley right near here yep. that's set up just for that. Perfect. Uh, number three, took five for two in the Bunbury B-grade cricket comp adults, yep. but not a final. Not a final. Um, we lost the game and I was fined $5 for taking five for two and losing. <laughs> Note, I was also the captain. Very <laughs> That's good. That's a great fine. Yeah. That's a great losing fine. Losing while, boy- while having a good score. The boy's like, yeah, cheers for helping, mate. You took five for two and you still couldn't get us over the line. Yep. Show, right. some, so, show some absolute leadership, Matty. Yeah. My question is, uh, was this fine fair enough? Yes. I blame my teammates for the loss. <laughs> and you're the captain and you're blaming your love teammates. It. I love that attitude. It's everyone else's fault. You do well on the back line, actually, Matty. Uh, is the fine fair enough? Absolutely. You questioning it, $10 fine. Yeah. Right? We've doubled it. it. Yeah. Right. $10 fine. But lovely email, Matt. Very, very good. Anonymous. Oh, boy. This could yeah. be from anyone. <laughs> That's exactly the what that means. Uh, hi, boys. Love the show. Might even try a fillet of fish one day. Oh, no. Read it. Read what it says. Might even try a fof one day. <laughs> F-O-F, fillet of fish. Now, big question. Simo talks about team fracture recently in his interview. In my opinion, I noticed it when Tim Kelly came to the team. Players like Yo, Redden and Cripps wouldn't kick it to him. Seems like the other players were annoyed at the contract he was offered. Uh, if not, what was the source slash cause of the team fracture? Something isn't right at the club. Uh, from a one-eyed, bloody, disappointed supporter. Please don't use my real Nat. Yeah, we didn't. Okay, we did not. Um, I, Do I you want to address I, the Tim Kelly, like, not kicking to him because they're upset yeah, his contract? Well, I mean, that- but the first one, 
Simo talks about team fracture recently. I didn't, I didn't see that. So I can't really comment on that. Uh, boys not kicking it to Tim Kelly did not happen. Um, I don't know. May have seemed like it, but I tell you that that does stuff doesn't happen. The only thing that does happen is like guys have better relationships with some. So like Brad Shepard and Andrew Gaff just hung out with each other a lot, and then on the field they would just know where each other were, and they'd they'd seemingly give it to each other a lot. Like people give it to each other a lot more. Mm. But no one, it doesn't go the other way. Oh, like I see Dan in the open, like I don't like him. Not going <laughs> to kick it him. No, if he's open. So it'll be on actually you, Dan, for not getting in the right spot. If you don't get in the right spot, you're not going to get the ball. Yes. So if it's Tim Kelly not getting the ball, that's his fault. It's not the guy with the ball, ball carrier. And no one's making a conscious decision to not kick it to Tim Kelly. Uh, yeah, again, like I don't know if there is team fractures. Um, something's not right at the club. I mean, their performance isn't going very well, so something isn't right at the club. You're you're spot on there. What is it? I think, I think you're probably in the right areas. I think connection, relationships, love of the game, um, you know those those intangibles that you can't really measure are what makes good teams. So the good teams I've been a part of, they're all been really high points. As I look at the good teams in the in the league this year. Melbourne, just watch them play. Someone does a little spoil, six blokes will get to him and get around him. Yep. Sydney um, today against Hawthorne, they were down the whole game and in the in the last quarter they just put their foot down and they just they were the better team and they just, every goal that was kicked, they were guys coming and jumping all over the players and running a muck all over them. You don't see that from West Coast. Now, they're one, kick goals. they're not kicking goals. <laughs> yeah. You beat me to it. Sorry. But if someone does a good tackle, you're not seeing that from West Coast. Yep. I haven't seen – I saw a few times on the weekend, good effort. Bailey Williams crashes a big pack, doesn't mark it, kills the ball though, gets it out of bounds when he needed to. Not one person helped him off the ground. Just yep. little stuff like that is not happening. Now, you've got to address uh, stoppage work, contested ball, ground ball, uh, connection with your forwards, uh, field position, being able to rebound from the back line. That, they're all things. But how you actually turn all those things around very quickly is sort of the little little one percenters that just gets the overall feeling up and about. Like these guys know how to play footy. Luke mm. Shuey, Elliot Yo, Tim Kelly, these guys know how to play. It's not that they've forgotten how to play. They don't they don't lose skill. Yes, they might be a little unfit, but it doesn't mean that you're gonna go and lose by sixty, eighty points to teams. I think the connection and the little things. And I'm no and I'm visibly noticing them not existing at the moment, which I think I wouldn't be. I don't like ragging on my old, own old teammates, but I don't think I'm speaking out of school there. I think anyone who's you know fed income about it at the footy club would agree with me, mm. and um, may not like to hear it straight up, but I think I'm right. There you go. Yeah, it's also been a rough, rough start. You know, yeah, yeah. but like stuff. But yeah, but but they, they they'd be the same. You can't just keep going. Well, we had a bad start. Like at some point, you have to move on and continue on and and do your thing. Like you just got to do it. Anyway. Said we'd have a little quick one because we've got Shane Wawoden, Brownlow medalist. Yep. 200 gamer. Just an absolutely remarkable career. Like One of 108 Brownlow medalists. There you go, Charlie. Look at that timing. I mean, 200 games, two clubs, Brownlow medal, best and fairest, come to the waffle, coached, coached an AFL team, did it all in nine years, an AFL player, delisted by a couple of clubs, had it all. I can't bloody wait. All right, never been good on intros here on Backchat, so we just get straight into it. We're joined in studio by, I've got to say, after doing some nice amount of research on this man, it's one mm. of the most remarkable football 
journeys you'll ever see, Dan. Shane Wo-Woden, Brownlow medalist, joins us. G'day, mate. Huge. Well, Dan, great to be here. Well, it's, gr- it's great to have you here. Look, I... It is genuine that you know all about it, considering you're the man who's done it. But it's got to be one of the greatest football journeys of all time. Nine years. Let's, I'll make eye contact with you, see how good my research is. Nine <laughs> years, 200 games, two yep. clubs, two grand finals, both losing, a Brownlow medal, a best and fairest. Somewhere in the middle there, you swap clubs. Um, you come out of the system. You're still nominating for the draft. You play for East Freo, you win a best and fairest. You go and coach the club two years later at East Freo. <laughs> you... Uh, go from East Freo to Brisbane. You're an assistant coach at Brisbane. You coach their reserve side. And now you're here with Backchat. Yeah. Did I miss anything? <laughs> no. You're in fact spot on. <laughs> Mate, to it's, the letter. It's, yeah. remi- it's, rem- it's remarkable. Yeah, it's been a great journey, I must admit. It's been fun, uh, enjoyable, um, hell of a ride. It really has yeah. been. Um, and my journey and my dream was always to play AFL footy and get there somehow. And um, Unfortunately, it was a couple of years later than what I wanted to, but... Um, I think it was meant to be, and I get in the system at 20 and mate, have nine wonderful years, two extraordinary football clubs, and come out the back of it and played some footy and won a couple of awards and, um, and yeah, was, I've achieved my dream. That's yeah. the other thing, nine seasons, like, it's a long time, but it's not like you did all of those things over 20 seasons. Like, you really crammed it all in there. Oh, yeah. in mate, I was, I took me 14 years to spit out 194. <laughs> yeah. like nine and got to that does, the math doesn't even make sense in my head that you could do that. Yeah, I, I know that's important to get to, but we, we're Anyways. forgetting, we're forgetting yeah, yeah, our yeah, first sorry. question for sorry, our guest, Dan. It's got excited. Now, yeah. Shane, we asked the same question to every guest that comes on this show. Now, we know you've done a lot of great things on the AFL field. You're a Brownlow medalist. You're one of the best that ever played the game. That's fine. <laughs> We're here to tell you we don't so really what? care. No, that's fair enough. We, 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 we <laughs> that's we fair do. enough. We do. But we want to know your greatest sporting achievement not on the AFL field. So you can play footy. Great. Very good. What can you do outside the realms of AFL? We've had Andrew Bogut's beaten Phil Helmuth in a game of poker. We've had Tom Hawkins is a under-17 high jump champion. Hayden Ballantyne could throw a javelin. Yeah, he could, could oh, he? I was an under-nine, 80-metre hurdle state champion, <laughs> right? So, so you can go as <laughs> yeah. long or as deep as you like here. Tell us Callum you- Sinclair was always the lead at his high school plays. Yeah, he was the lead. And apparently, yeah. he just dominated that. So wherever, whatever the field is, doesn't matter. Uh, Callum under primary, intermediate sprint champion, mm. year four, five. Um, quick. Quick as a kid. Um, did it again at Linwood Primary in five, six. Um, went to Broome, year seven, because uh, my father was a CIB uh, d- detective. Um, oh. Not even near it. Once you start um, up there and you're playing against some and running against some real fast Indigenous boys who have unbelievable athletes, and uh, yeah, I knew, my <laughs> I knew I was up against it. So here I'm thinking, I'm a, great long, I'm a great long jumper. I've got some speed. Nah, not even near it. So that's uh, what happens when you go to the inter-school competition. Like yeah. you dominate at your school. I mean, I used to get second a lot in 100 meters. Did you? And Did then you? one time the guy you who don't strike me as quick. No, it was a bit quick. And then the one time this guy was sick or something, he didn't run in the 100 metres, so I came first. Then my school sent me to the inter school. I think I was dead last. Like, so, like, there are, yeah. Yeah, so I classify myself now as a mud runner. <laughs> it was in my career. So, yeah, no speed here. All right, there we go. Linwood Primary, 100 metre special. It's about under sevens, you reckon? Yeah, it would have been a yeah, 10, 11. Okay. Yeah, you're five, six. Oh, we like that. Mm, um, you mentioned your parents, so your old man was moving around. Is this. 
your parents Ukrainian? Yeah, so that's my stepfather. My mum right. and dad split when I was about six. Right. Um, my father, he was born in Germany and lived there for four years with grandparents who are pro-Ukraine. So they left Ukraine or turned and ran yeah. back in the day. Um, uh, went to Germany, stayed there for four to five years, had a couple of kids and then jumped on the boat and fled and came to Geraldton. So you were born here? or you? Yeah, I was born in Geraldton. Oh. Um, lived there for 10 years and then made the way here when mum and dad um, went their separate ways and we moved to Perth with my stepfather, um, who's my father now, has been for 35 years or for 40 years. Um, yeah, I've just been tracking around Western Australia. and Sounds like you tra- travelled a lot. Yeah, we did early days, particularly primary school. I think I did five primary schools. Wow. Um, between Geraldton, Perth, Broome. And then got a cricket scholarship at Kent Street. Came down for and boarded for year eight. Cricket scholarship. Yep. Right. Um, Can play. No, uh, just a little hack. <laughs> Somewhere Batter there. Or a bowler. Hey, um, I thought I was a batsman, uh, particularly through junior cricket and a little bit of bowling keeping. But then as soon as you play seniors, uh, so Kim Hagdorn was my coach at South Perth through district. Wow. And when the boys elevate and go to grey cricket. Uh, you, you boys bowl, <laughs> and you, so you get a bat when it's pitch black and it's not happening for you. So um, yeah, and then sixteen made the choice. Oh. It was a numbers game for me. You're gonna be the best eleven in the country, or you got one of six hundred chance. So uh, I'm not playing cricket for Australia, not in that era. That's a fair call. Yeah. So um, you mentioned off the top, you don't get drafted as an eighteen year old. Mm. You're a you're a mature age drafty. Twenty. I mean, I mean, this is what we're talking about now. I'm certainly banging on about it in the mm. media that we should be adding more guys that got some more experience. How, how was that, you know, not, not knowing, was that, uh, were you developed enough at an 18-year-old? Why, why did that? Looking back at it, probably not. Yeah. I think my 18th and 19th year, I missed eight weeks each year with a broken foot. So I missed a fair bit of footy, but probably physically not ready. Um, whether or not I was technically um, ready for the game. I only played three senior games at East Frio in 95 and eight the following year. Um, so it just wasn't ready. And then um, I missed out on the 96 draft as well, but uh, that was the first year of the rookie draft coming in, the inaugural year. But there was a few issues where the AFL wasn't quite getting off the ground. And um, back then the pre-season drafts were in February, a month before round one. So that's when I was drafted. So I went over in January, trained for two months. We're going to draft you, we're going to pick you up, and the rest is history. And then I played round one, you know, four weeks later. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's it's different to how kids do it now, and yeah. especially your trajectory. Like, so you you go on and play over a hundred games from debut, never yeah. miss a game, never missed a game. So played round one of ninety seven. We beat the Kangas, the reigning premiers, by four goals at the G on the first game of the year. Round two, get beaten by one hundred and seven against the Pies. Um, but yeah, but played one hundred and seven consecutively. What do you put that down to? That's not that's not usual. Just for listeners and watchers, especially after what two seasons of broken, you broke your foot twice, right? Yeah, I broke my foot twice, and then um, ninety seven played every game. I think it's a bit of luck, but also you know whether or not I deserve to play every game in my first year. You know there may have been some form slumps, but um, I was under Neil Balm, gave me an opportunity, started a um, few roles in that first year, and then he got the sack mid year, and Joseph Gutnick, uh, I think he announced it on Triple M. About oh. half time of the round six or ten game, rough there, um, and then Hutchie took over for the remainder of the year, our assistant, and then 
Danner's got the job the following year in 98. That's so Neil Danner, huh? Yeah, Danner's got um, the job for 98. But yeah, 107 until a game over here against West Coast around, uh, I can't remember which it was, it was 107 games in. And uh, Phil Matera just ran past me. It was just a bump, um, a little elbow, and oh, I was like, that's a bit sore. Anyway, went off, just thought my back was tight. Um, got some physio treatment where the real manipulation stuff went back on, couldn't run, and subbed, came back off. Sucks. Scans the Monday, and I got a broken transverse process in my back. Oh, and they've been rubbing wow. that out, have they? Yeah, Shit. <laughs> perfect. I've so done I missed, that. that was my first two weeks of missing footy. Wow, yeah, and you came back after two weeks, two weeks. Oh, no yeah. worries. Yeah, that's a big injury, Dan. Just so, just so broken you know, back. Yeah, it's a broken back. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> why I finished up in the waffle. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah you were fourteen seasons in though. That that followed you through a bit of your career, right? Yeah, back nah. issues. No, nah, that was okay. Okay, a d- little couple of weeks just to probably get over it until you start getting the running going again. Um, but that was my that was my big one where I missed. Yeah, and then uh, I broke my navicular, so the James Heard yeah. one. Um, I did that mid season of ninety eight. Uh, felt it at Amy Park, did a little run. Oh, that was a little bit off. The foot. That's the foot. It's a big yep. major bone in your top of your foot. Yep. Um, and didn't really tell anyone, so I'll just see how it goes. And <laughs> told the doc, and he goes, well, let's not scan it. Let's just modify your training. We'll just see how you travel. And then, so I'd collapse every morning, get out of bed with the pain. <sighs> but as I trained and warmed up, um, it was all right. And then game, it was okay. And then foot in a buck of ice every session that was around 10 i felt that the first time what year 98 my yep. second year and then um i eventually had the operation a couple of days after 98 prelim and went in had two screws inserted uh, yeah so i had a stress fracture ripped to the navicular needed to get to that 107 yeah so that were the major two and had a bit of tendinopathy of the upper insertion of the hamstring 2000 going to 01 Okay. Right. That were the major ones, really. I mean, 2000, big year, 2000. Yeah, Y2K yeah. was a big year. And you did win the Brownlow as well. Yeah, that was also so, a significant no. time. Um, on the, the playing rookies thing, you, you said that maybe you weren't really deserving of a game every week. Do you, do you think that's sort of changed a lot now? Like, a, a team's, like, really quick to sort of pull people out and not really just let them develop and grow? Because, I mean, it sounds like if you didn't have... If you if you think maybe you weren't deserving every week, it still helped your development to sort of progress through. Yeah, I think it's important for young players to get a string of games to you know they're not going to be stars in their first game or two, and um, and they might play their role, but they might not have the impact that what they you know probably expected to just yet. But having that four to six weeks where they can just get some continuity, get some consistency in their game, and feel like they belong at the level. Um, and feel confidence they're playing against you know quality AFL season players is for them. So um, I always think is even when I coach waffle and bringing kids in, you want to give them a stretch and give them a chance at it. And if they're not up to it, well, you push them back for a couple more weeks and then um, and then bring them back in again when they're ready. So yeah. also hard with fans as well. Like I feel like the moment someone has a bad game, they're like, no, no, yeah. no good. Oh, fans can be cruel, whether or not they're opposition or your own. Um, how was that for you? Did, you? did you cop a bit of oh, that? Absolutely. Um, I know when I got to the pies, absolutely, yeah, they were cruel on your own. And same with Melbourne. I remember when um, I got traded in my first game against the D's and you go pick up the ball from the sidelines and over the boundary line, you just got 
You can swear on this podcast. Yeah, I got belted around the ears for leaving. Hang on, it wasn't my idea. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I got sacked from Melbourne. Um, right. So yeah, and I remember coming off the race at Eddie had back in the day, and a pie supporter and screaming, "You coward!" over the fence. But those passionate Victorian supporters, they just love it. Yeah, they do. So we're going to get to you Sorry, parting. No, no, it's fine. You're parting ways with Melbourne and moving to Collingwood mm. a little bit. But two thousand big year Y two K bug. Mm. <laughs> do what do you remember <laughs> of the Y two K bug? <laughs> Do you remember? No, we're to refresh the memory here that's of the Y2K. That's a, that's so, to reset the clocks. Yeah, so at the end of nine, around 1999, millennium, the millennium, end, yeah. there was this big thing that like, man, the whole world's going to shut down because our clocks aren't going to know what to do when they refresh Basically, the computers zero. are going to get to yeah, a 1999 yeah. and then they're not going to work. Yeah, once they get to zero. And there was like people filling up their bathtubs like on New Year's Eve <laughs> yeah. because like they weren't sure. <laughs> I, and I remember like people used to... People like a terrible un- memory. Unplugging like toasters and stuff because they weren't sure if they were going to blow up. Like legitimate <laughs> things. There was like this. I don't know. I just when I when we saw that you know won the brown line two thousand. I was like that just reminded me of the Y two K bug. And you would have you know I don't really remember much of it because I was ten. I don't remember much of what happened last week, let alone <laughs> twenty two years ago. There you go. Well, okay. So you go through two thousand. You played a prelim in ninety eight. Ninety nine yep. is a bit of a down year for Melbourne. Yep. Sort of up and down, um, probably until last year's sort of signifies where Melbourne's been at, right? Mm. But we can't really say that anymore. Two thousand, win a Brownlow medal. Probably should start with that. Yep. I mean, what's what's that experience like? I mean, did you, did you rock up Brownlow medal night knowing you were a chance? No, Mate, I, you were two hundred. You were two hundred to one at the start of the season. Yeah, and I came into thirteens. I think by the time the night was there, John Longmire was my manager at the time at IMG. Was he? Yep. Yep. And manager. Manager. John oh. Longmire, Sydney coach. He left IMG for end of 02 or was it end of 01 for 02 to Sydney as an assistant, but he managed me at IMG. So David Schwartz got me from a management group and said, mate, come across to IMG. Wonderful. So anyway, oh, after, yeah. Yeah, you're you bloody right, mate. They, they were very good. <laughs> um, so he said, mate, just in case, have a speech ready. Just in case. You don't know. Okay, so I put one together, thanked a few people. Um, I only intended to go to the night, have a few waters, be home by 10.30, playing the grand, grand final in five days' time. I didn't leave the crown till half one. <laughs> um, and, and driven out the back, you know, down below, and John took me home. Did you have any beers? No. No, waters did well. only. Did well. Did well. Because you, you win it, you get the medal. You're whisked behind closed doors um, just to gather your thoughts and then all of a sudden you're thrown into the press room, which is another massive room, and it was just chockers um, for your press conference. And then then you meet everyone back in another room, all your table and your friends and all the teammates that came in that night as well yeah. to say good day. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, I didn't get out till half past one or something and... Even then, I was went to the Exus place too, because I couldn't go home. They were all lobbed outside my uh, front door. Oh. So yeah, yeah there was door stopping proper back in the day. Back in the day, and I didn't probably didn't get my time again till probably late Wednesday afternoon, where I can finally now start to prepare for a game. So, if I had my time again, that's one thing I would not do. I'd I'd make sure that Monday Tuesday is me and my prep, um, and not have to go to functions and 
yeah. do all these things and do clinics and uh, it's ridiculous now. So, um, I mean, but, but you've won it, won a brown like sitting there on the night. There's clearly during the count, like I've had to one Brownlow vote in my entire career, so I don't know what it's like. But you're sitting there and they're reading votes out and you start realizing there's a chance. Like, yeah, you remember what lot. round you thought like I'm on here? Well, round eight, I'm at fifteen, and. <laughs> Around eight. Right. I bolted early and I had a good start of the year and then plateaued. But when I plateaued, I think between rounds, you know, 12 to or 10 to 16, all the other guns, so Heard, Voss, Rusciuto, McLeod, West, <laughs> Kudafidis. Big names to beat out. Um, they weren't voting either. So um, I was in the mix with three rounds to go or four rounds to go and then I polled a three at round 21 and then two in the last game against West Coast, which I went, Serious? How, how did I get two in this game? <laughs> must have been the tips. Uh, you must, um, <laughs> and that's where because I had um, Westy uh, polled one in the in the last round to tie me, and then I got two in the final game. They read out to go clear, and um, oh, so it was a draw for that last game. That last game, oh, wow. and I thought oh, I've tied it. Um, and you, you're so oblivious on the evening that. How old are you? 24, right? 24. You're so oblivious on the evening um, that three rounds to go, mate, my table is crowded with cameras. Crowded. And you go, now you know, well, they know for sure that no you're way. possibly going you're gonna to win this because there's no camera anywhere else. So, um, yeah, right. unbelievable evening. It was just, yeah, so surreal. Who Didn't expect you it. the brown loaf? Croft. Right. Yeah. So um, ninety nine winner. Ninety nine winner. Yep. Um, caught up with Crawford a couple of times post medal, just to um, pick his brain. On I was twenty four. I, I had no idea really. I was still young in the so game young. and so young. So young in the game and um, you know what to expect. And he said, "Mate, it's coming. You know, I'm just going to prepare you for what's coming." And it was. It was on on field, off field. Um, yeah, my life had changed. Considerably from a footy side of things, um, and one thing I didn't handle it that well. We didn't have much experience around that then. All our stars and big name guns of Melbourne had retired twelve months, two years early. So um, all my midfielders were around our age. So just to be able to um, lean on some real experience wasn't quite there anymore. So um, that would have been nice, but yeah, I didn't handle it the way I probably would have. And if I had my time again, I'd do things a bit differently. Yeah. Um, I'd say players like maybe Nat Fife or you know some of the, the big names have sort of Brownlow clauses in their contract. Would that be right? You know, if they get it, they get yeah. a bonus. I reckon I would have had one. Did, did you I'd remember? I would, was I would that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have um, it's big. Yeah, yeah, back in those days, you get your base salary, but then you get incentives put in your contract. Top five Brownlow, best and fairest. All Australian. IMG would have been looking at it. <laughs> so, like, not, nothing against, like, any sort of, you know, if, if you're not expecting to win a Brownlow, is that even, like, are you thinking about your Brownlow clause? No. No. So, <laughs> no. Not even, no. Not even Wowie. Wowie yeah, like, yeah, of course. Don't look at me. No. <laughs> no, no, I'm, trying not, I'm, I'm, I'm subtly trying not to, you know. But so are the numbers, like, significantly more for, like, a lower graded player or I, something? I don't, I don't know. But there, there is incentives across yeah, the AFL yeah. with, with all Australian, with best yeah. and fair, club best and fairest, yeah. you know, all, all of that. Like It's, it's like yeah. any industry where it's incentivised for a performance. Like yep. you need to perform as a player. Yeah. So when you go out and do that and you win a Brownlow medal and you're the yeah. best player in the comp. You get a little kicker in a long way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Post but it's year. also undeniable. You, you, it, 
there's, there's a lot of commentary about you winning the Brownlow and you're beating all these great players and they're the players you, you beat. But it's like winning a grand final when some say you're not the best team. You're the fucking best team and you're the best player when yeah. you win the Brownlow. Yeah, like, I don't know if you see it that game. way, but that's how I see it. I look at you win the Brownlow. It's like, well, that's it. Yeah, like, well, argument over. We, were, we felt at that time we were the best. We weren't the best team, but we, we were very confident we could match the best. And we only had to beat Essendon that year. And we had a massive run at the back end to, I think, won the last 10 of 11 to storm into the grand final. And the young team, we've had all our draftees that year playing in the grand final. And they just physically bashed us, took us t- to town in that area. They, they were more experienced. Oh, yeah. They had big bodies, hardened. And they were filthy on 99 in their exit um, in that prelim. Yes. Carlton. Uh, Carlton. Yeah. I, I remember that 2000 grand final. There was a big hit or a big clash with yeah, someone. Yeah, so Troy Simmons... Was knocked out by Michael Long. That's right. Got four weeks. Brad Green was in hospital at quarter time with a broken larynx. Ooh. Dean Wallace just went whack, um, and it was on. It was spit, spot fires everywhere. And I remember having conversations with Neil um, post when he was at West Coast and caught up with coffee a couple of times and yeah, uh, just chatting about the time and the week leading up. And he said he would have done things differently. You know, was it a physical? Go Essen in that way. He was thinking of training differently that week and bringing in uh, more the press with a week to go. Um, we hadn't trained it, never trained the press, and <laughs> but that's what they were coming. That were his words. Right. Let's try and throw something completely different. Right. Whether or not he thought we could win it or not, who's to know? But so, so you, but you did just go about it your own way and try and beat them the way. You'd yeah, done that, that we normally done. But we had lost by four goals during the year, um, but on the day. Uh, we started really, really well. I think the skipper missed one from the goal line. Uh, we missed a few set shots early. Uh, we felt like we were in it, but then all of a sudden they flicked the switch and away they went, and the game was done by half time. We lose by ten goals. That experience of them losing ninety nine prelim, even though it's not a grand final, that they were they were driven. hungry, driven. Yeah. They lost the one game during the year. I don't think they'd sung the song at any of their victories all year. Wow. That's the whisper I oh. heard. So they were they wanted to win it. And, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. And then for, as the best player in the comp, yeah, it was voted that year. There's been some funny stories. I remember walking off the ground uh, when I was at the Pies and we played Brisbane in Brisbane. Um, and I was walking off and having a verbal stouches with Johnny Brown and uh, Michael Voss. And I can't remember which one of them said it, but one of them said, you are the worst Brownlow medalist ever. <laughs> so it might have been Brownie. And Brownie and I are good mates. Well, I've had some wonderful times. But, um, yeah. Did so, you have a comeback for that? I mean, it's pretty simple for mine. Is it? How many Brownies? You yeah, yeah, Brownie. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if Vossi said it or Brownie, but, um, yeah, but good mates. Yeah, yeah. He was a very good player. Um, that, oh, yeah. And that's been part ever since. And I've had the one really, really good year. And then the also rans on a few other years and not as the consistent. That's probably where my. Looking back at it on reflection, just the consistency wasn't there year in, year out. Um, like I struggled post-2000, 2001, because tagging was such a big thing back then. Yeah. And the, there was no such thing as really as um, systems. Team defence. Team defence. The ground was long. It's one-on-one. And if you've got a tagger that can run and be brutal on you, then that was, it was big in those days. So copping attention every week. Um, I remember... Um, first practice game of 2001 We played Richmond at Princess Park I started on the bench Because I had an interrupted pre-season I only started training in Feb And uh, walked on the ground 10-15 um, minutes in And Steve Zilla Who was at Richmond Who was their tagger He was on the bench too Straight on Locked on 
here we go. Wow. This is going to be a year. So I went, righto. Wow. Um, we're in a practice game here. <laughs> just, just go and have a kick and have some fun. No. Nah. nah. This is the way it is. So, yeah. The, the learnings I, from that were, were huge for me. Do you look back at, you know, winning a Brownlow and, yeah, you don't you win the grand final and you play in another losing grand final for Collingwood later on, but do you look back in 2000 fondly? Like, Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, we're probably two years ahead of our time. Yeah. Uh, we got to the summit. We just didn't put the f- flag in the sand yeah. and really hoist it. Um, but I'm really proud of the group. How we responded from '99, we we came together in Mexico on the footy trip and make a stance and go. We're going to train here, Cancun, Cancun, unreal, greatest <laughs> place on earth, <laughs> West Coast 2012, yeah. good. best footy trip we've ever been on. Um, um, and we're going to make a, we're going to set the scene here, and this is going to be our year. So we got back and got to work, and um, we had a wonderful year, had an unbelievable year. It all just clicked for us, and just. Couldn't replicate it the following year. So jumping well ahead here, what, what's it like? You know, that was the last grand final Melbourne's played in 2000 since 2021. Uh, the grand final's in Perth. I'm assuming you commentated. You, you, would, have, you would have worked the grand final. I, I was asked to commentate. I knocked it back. I, really? I was rostered on. A uh, week and a half out, I rang Clint and said, mate, oh, I'd like to be a spectator in this one. I'd love to pass it up. And he understood. There was yeah. no problems with that. Um, I wanted to just be a, a punter and just go and enjoy the experience and just soak, soak it all in. What was it? What was it like? Like being involved in that last grand final and and look, you, you end up leaving Melbourne and it was quite a public separation effectively. Yeah. But but you were a Melbourne guy. You were drafted by Melbourne. Your sons now, yeah. Father, I'd fallen out with Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, let's be honest. Um, and I didn't. And I haven't really been back and really until just before. Um, Effectively, Taj was drafted, um, and I had chats with Dennis a few years ago, and we sorted things out. So it's been a long time. There's a lot of scars there, um, and it's, it's, I felt it hard to move on from as much as you do when you move clubs and you, you know, form new relationships and whatnot. Um, it stung. Why? Um, I was vice captain. Um, he'd come off a of best and fairest and a Brownlow two years later, um, and. All of a sudden, you're not wanted, and all of a sudden you know, they put you on the trade table. You hear it from it, you hear about it when you're on your footy trip, um, and then you come back. You have a meeting with the coach. Yeah, everything's fine. Um, you shake hands. We'll see you in a couple of weeks in pre-season. Never step back in the footy club ever again. So we went to Mauritius in South Africa with my uh, fiance at the time, and then it uh, it all went through then. So. Yeah, it was a horrendous time. I was trying to relax and Mauritius and have a bit of time and tan up and enjoy the hot <laughs> weather over there um, and I come back and I'm a Collingwood player. So, uh, yeah, it was a horrendous time. Um, but then when I walked back into the Collingwood or walked into the Collingwood Footy Club, um, I loved it. I loved it. So I look back on it now and go, yeah, as much as I called out that I want to be a one-club player, I look back at it fondly now and go, I played at two very good footy clubs, historical, big, I got to experience both. Melbourne was struggling financially, um, you know, um, walking the Junction Oval, the sewerage is leaking, we've got a three-legged card table, we've got <laughs> killer pythons, tubs of yoghurt, Coles muffins, post-training, and then I go to Collingwood and I spent 18 months at Vic Park, but, you know, and the first thing that's asked to me 
when I get screened is, is there anything in this gym that we haven't got that you need? I went, righto. Wow. And this is a good start. It's different. Right. Yeah. And then they, and then all of a sudden, um, lunches are made out. And then I go to get the Lexus Centre in 18 months and I go, <laughs> I get to experience this. <laughs> so, and I had wonderful time at the Pies too. Um, unfortunately, only three years, which I didn't sign up to be just three years. I wanted to play another, you know, four or five, but it just didn't work out that way and it was but done. Back on the Melbourne Collingwood split, I mean, in hindsight, I think, I think always you look, you probably look back at most things in life. Fondly, right? Not just you, but me and everyone else. You sort of, in hindsight, it's a beautiful thing. It's like I learnt and I grew. But if you take yourself back to at the time, like it was personal, right? Personal. And, and public. Yep. It wasn't like behind closed doors, you know, a couple of – it was public. The fans were involved. Melbourne fans were filthy. Yeah. Collingwood fans were, ha- I guess, happy to an extent. What was it like personally? Yeah. Uh, I was – I came back here – um, and I had a had a Brownlow function at East Fremantle, and the five West Australian Brownlow medals were together, and there was a frame made up. It was a bit of a special occasion, um, and then the media were interviewing me then, and I let it rip. <laughs> yeah, I'm filthy, not happy, not how not how it all played out. Coaches revealing your salary in the media, um, not ideal. So. Uh, yeah, so it just it was it was bad blood, and I you know it took me. Well, we didn't play the Melbourne till round twelve, so you carry that all that pent up um, anxiety, um, anxiousness, uh, uh, um, that many emotions were running through. And so twelve weeks to get there, and then when you run out against your old club, uh, they, they were wanting blood too. Mate, the captain was coming at me. Yeah, it was it was really a surreal feeling. Why? I can I ask. Don't know. Like there was one occasion there. You, you didn't want out, did you? I didn't want out. No, I yeah, pleaded with the so club. Much, right? Yeah, I pleaded with the club, but um, they were really like taking pay cuts. Happy to do it. I went three times, and then eventually you just go. You know what? Enough's enough. I. How much more do you want? And then I thought, well, it's never going to be enough. They just want me out. But then um, the pies got. Um, wind of the fact that I'm on the table and then you had a club Bucks um, Eddie Mick Barmy um, ringing me up in Mauritius wanting me so you go, you felt you wanted by one and really wanted and then you know you just so when you go back and you walk back into the Melbourne club are you and I had two years on the contract so I still I held the cards um, but you know I said bugger it I'll take a I'll take a hit and I'll go to the pies I'll get an extra year um, and see if we can make it work. Um, so, yeah, I, I walked yeah, out. And you reckon that's taken till you know, Dannon's came over here and was working with the West Coast and you yeah, was able to sit post down? Post that, it was probably only about, about oh, three to four years, three years ago. So I was living back here. Yeah. Um, so two, maybe 18, Dannon's came over. Um, I got a call. I rocked out to my driveway. I got a call from David Neitz and said, mate, the coach is coming over. He wants us to catch up. So right on. Why can't he ring me? Um, so I caught up with Danners in Scarborough, had a coffee for about three hours, um, chewed the fat for a little bit of time, went over the whole thing. He was going to, a uh, bit of it was he was going to write his book and part of the chapter was on leadership because um, it was for his grandkids when they grow up. And I said, yeah, no worries. And um, yeah, and part of the three pages of it was going to be my trade. Yeah. Um, 
and so we just spoke about that and he apologised and he said he was sorry, which, which we felt really good. A bit of closure. And I know it's a long time ago and we probably should have done it years and years ago, but we didn't. Um, no one picked up the phone and then this occasion we let the dust settle and put it all on the line and he goes, mate, it should never have happened. I didn't have enough control. Um, I regret it. Um, so I owned it a bit. He owned it. Yeah. He owned the decision. And he's the coach. He's not the list manager or footy manager at the time, but he owned it. Um, it should never have happened. So, yeah. Um, and I reckon it was the start of the rut of Melbourne, mm. you know, and then Leoncelli goes, Powell goes, Uze, Robertson. So the experience of the club started to get shown the door. Um, they're good players. And they should be able to go off in their own right. Um, but they made list decisions and it's only since the last, you know, three or four years that the club started to now make hay and it's been terrific. So, um, yeah, it was great. It was a great conversation with Neil because um, we had great times at the D's together. He was an unbelievable coach. He was my best coach um, and we had fun and we achieved a lot together. So it was good to be able to um, let bygones be bygones, let the dust settle and shake hands and, you know, on reflection, I look back now, two great clubs, Great career. Let's move on. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's hard to do when you're in the time. At the time, you absolutely. Get, you get I, here and you... Yeah, it's emotional as a player, I reckon. I reckon oh, when you're playing the game, you, it's emotional. Um, you're all in where you're at and what colours you wear. So, and it was, um, yeah, it's a bit different feeling when you're coaching compared to playing and decisions to make and what you've got to do for your club and your team. So that's something I certainly learnt too when I coached on the other you, side. You feel like as a player that... You know everything you do is for the club. Like even you know you you you're putting your relationship on you know basically on the back burner. Your you, your children, your businesses. You you throw on everything. Everything comes first. You know you, you don't go out to drink because you got to. You know you, everything is for the club and to win games of footy. Yeah. So I, f- I fully understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean I didn't didn't go through what you go through, but it's it's a similar feeling. You want to be wanted. Absolutely. Want to felt wanted yeah. because you feel like you're given everything. So. Yeah. Give it back, right? Yeah, definitely. And I remember the AGM that year too, and I was at home, and um, Diane, uh, my fiance at the time, she went to the AGM. Because she had good support from um, um, f- friends and colleagues and people within the footy club, so just wanted, and she wanted to speak. She wanted to... Um, Get on her. Um, she got up to the lectern and was shut down, so... Uh, wow. Wasn't allowed to speak, so um, can't remember who was running it. Who was it running? Who was at the time running the AGM? I didn't go, so I didn't bother. It was it was done and dust. It was gone. Let's move on. So, and I remember when I walked in, I'm not sure if it still happened, but your eight week break, you had to come back four weeks in to test two kr skinnies yeah. back in the day, and. I walked back in and meet the boys. Not allowed to do that anymore. No, 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 I did. Break, 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 don't speak to the the coaches. No speaking to the players. Come back in uh, four weeks in, and it was a good opportunity for me. Back from holiday, um, meet the players, say good day, and I meet Noel Judkins, who's the head of recruiting, and uh, he said to me, um, "Welcome, we're wrapped to have you, mate. You know what? You were offered to me grand final morning (laughs) at the fence at the MCG." Wow. What? Boy. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, that sums it up. But, but wow. it was... Uh, okay, it, right, it sounds like you buried the hatchet, which is... Absolutely, yeah, man. And I look at my three years at Columbia, as much as I would have had, loved to have five or six, yep. mate, unbelievable times. Second grand final, I got to play with some bloody good players um, and probably the best 
that I played with in Bucks. Um, he was a superstar. And I learned a lot, and I learned how to where standards need to be. And I thought I trained hard, and we trained hard at Melbourne. I got to Collingwood. It was another another level. Really? So, and who, drew, who drove that Bucks? Bucks. Bucks was phenomenal. He, was, he taught me a, a, even to go even more. So drive high standards, become the best player. And that's why he's a champion. It's a way he um, trained and put himself out there on every session to be the best player he could be and lead from the front. That's why he was a superstar. Did you ever, considering the situation, <clears throat> did you ever consider moving back to WA and, you know, with everything going on? Lafreo, interesting? Yeah. <laughs> I was lying on a deck chair in Mauritius. <laughs> on, on the trade, on the trade phone, on the bat phone. <laughs> in the CJs. <laughs> in the Dickies. <laughs> it was all about that. It was about no tan lines back in the day. It was no boardies when you're living yeah, in Melbourne. <laughs> I think Bailey Smith's bringing that back Yeah I reckon Budgies are big now um, Not sure how big they are on the beaches And cot Where it was back in our day And um, in Port Phillip Bay But um, I was laying on the Beautiful deck chair Port Phillip Bay, Bay In your <laughs> Absolute putrid In your beach. budgies right. Freezing in the middle of winter Seaweed um, <laughs> Laying on a deck chair I got a call from Cameron Schwab Who was the CEO at Fremantle He said Are you, Would you come home? Are you keen, would you be keen to come home? And I went, well, oh, hang on, let's put another spanner. I thought I'm going, possibly going to Collingwood. Um, so I rang my manager, who was Liam Pickering uh, at IMG. So him and John had swapped their best mates. So the Pickers was my manager. And he said, no, nah, mate, uh, free, I've got no money. Not happening. There's no way that's happening. They've got nothing. I don't know what they're doing. So I said, well, you handle that over there. And... Um, I'll just keep sunning myself here and deal with the shit that I've got to deal with here. Um, and so, no, I didn't didn't go. So from then I was going, I'm wondering if Melbourne, because Danners is tight and close and Melbourne with Schwabby, who's yeah. an ex-Melbourne person. I was going to say he was ex-Melbourne. Ex-Melbourne yeah. CEO, footy manager. So um, that didn't that didn't eventuate. So I went to the Pies and, mm. and finished the career. So, yeah, so you go to – I mean, I mean, before we finish on Melbourne, like, so – Fast forward to 2021, so you, you don't commentate, you watch it as a fan, Melbourne break the drought. What's that like from an ex-player? Loved it. Loved it. And uh, But I've been part of Melbourne, although not internally with the club over that journey, um, I've been involved with the past players. And like every Thursday night before grand final, we get together with a dinner and a few beers at the G every year. It's, wow. it's part of the past players and now officials associated. When we catch up, um, come ex-players, MC, we get a bit of um, – they might get a, uh, a bit of music happening in there. Robbo might play guitar. He might <laughs> MC it. Um, we'll get a comedian in. But we just have time. And my era at the D's were the best. I come from all over the country just to get there and spend the time with each other. So um, it wasn't as if I was out, but um, – they're my best mates, so and we we never lost that. So those friendships were there forever. Um, but so the past players, led by Rod Grinter, who's the chairman, um, he just connected everyone. So um, you still have that soft spot for the red and blue. And the grand final was just unbelievable. Um, although I thought Trelaw and Bont were going to rip oh, it away from us there for a period um, until the third quarter, and then yeah, and then for me. Surreal feeling sitting in the third, just going, what's going to happen here? This is going to be a train wreck. Mm-hmm. And we're, 
Mate, we, I, we can destroy these I, blokes. I was calling the game, right? And, and I was telling you before, you don't get too many words in over at 6PR, but I was sitting there calling and I, I, I don't remember too much. I don't have great memories with different things in footy, but I remember sitting back in my chair, putting my hands on my head. Bulldogs had just, Bonta just kicked that snap. Yeah. And they were three goals up in the third quarter. And I was thinking, fuck, Bulldogs are going to win this game. Like Melbourne are the best side by that much. I tip Bulldogs just because I was talking shit all week about Melbourne, <laughs> you know. But but like I, Melbourne were the best side, and mm. I just thought they've, they've done this here. Yeah. And in the space of like, two minutes, two minutes, and I was I didn't say one word for about three minutes on air because I was like, what the fuck is going on yeah. here? Like West Western Bulldogs were like home it was done, done. And then and Melbourne was, fans and Melbourne people would have been like oh, the same thing. Yeah, we're shitting ourselves. We're yeah. going. We're going to do this again. Oh my goodness! And we have been the best all year. And then they flicked the switch and away they went. And it was extraordinary amount of footy to play. And then Siren went, um, watched them get their medals and then race down to the rooms and get in the rooms and oh, wow. be around. Because they couldn't have families around, and Adam Uze is a coach, good mate of mine. Um, Taj and his daughter born two hours apart. So we've been mates for years and he didn't have his family here. So to get down there and celebrate with him, a couple of my teammates had come from South Australia just to enjoy and embrace that hour and a half in the rooms and have a few furfies with them was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you know, and you felt, oh, well, I'm back in this fold. You know, this is unbelievable. This is it's what not it's like, about. It's not like winning one, but it's it's like winning one. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Seriously? Absolutely. It was just, I was wrapped for past players, our supporter base who have been there through everything. You only got to look back to 13, 14 when they were getting belted by 200 against the Cats at Caninia Park and... Um, everyone who's gone before, who are passionate Melbourne people, 57 years, a long time, and broken. And now you can only hope that this team can now create their own dynasty and do something that maybe the Geelong, Brisbane and Richmond's have done in the past, and I'm hoping that's the case. It certainly looks like it. I mean, they're, they're, they look unbelievable yeah. if we're talking about footy, which we, we do a bit on this pod, but like it's they, they just look like uh, superstars. Yeah. So yeah. I, hope they, I hope they go on and... Dynasty, proper dynasty. So, okay, so Collingwood. So um, there's the very public split from Melbourne to Collingwood. Um, you start at Collingwood, great, great facilities, rich. <laughs> Not you, but maybe, but, but them. It's a, it's a wealthy club. It's a big club. It's the biggest club in the country. Uh, grand final in 2003. Three, yeah, my first year, their so, second one. So you, like a lot of people say that you've got to lose a grand final to win one. Now, I don't necessarily think it's right, but the experience you had in losing the grand final with Melbourne, did it help in 03, um, given that it wasn't the same teammates, I realise? Yeah. But I'd, you personally? Yeah, it certainly helped um, the finals and leading up the week, I reckon. The week's a big week. Yeah. Um, and now that you're at a bigger club, the week's going to be huge. Mm. And we had to go through a bit of motion that week because prelim we played Port, knocked them off. Anthony Rocker got suspended. And really, yeah, what for? Um, striking. I can't remember. I can't remember what he was striking. Anyway, he got rubbed out for. A, he got rubbed out. So there's the emotion there that he's gone. And he's a very good player. A very good player. Are. Important player for us. Yeah. He, he's a beacon. And yeah. You need your bigs and your presence. And he had it in spades. Yeah. Um, so we we lose him and then we appeal. That's right. It went to like the. Yeah, like, like federal court, didn't yeah, it? We went all the way. Yeah. We appealed, so then the... Eddie, Eddie would have yeah, been like, yeah. all right, all right. Appealed it, boys emotion, get up again in hope. 
we need, you know, he's one of our leaders. We want him out there. That doesn't go to plan. Emotions again change. So this is all through the week. The Thursday um, before training, he stands up in front of the playing group and apologises to the boys he's not going to be out there. Um, Did he cry? Yeah, he's emotional. Yeah. Boys are emotional. Probably not the ideal no. lead-in. You know, we want to be steely and resolve and we've got to win this because we're favourites. We beat Brisbane the qualifying, straight through to a prelim, knock pulled off, we're going in. Um, and Brisbane are hurt, injured, Lappin's having the big... Um, so his ribs are his Ribs, back, yeah. ribs broken, broken ribs. ribs. Mm. He's getting worked over by Chris Scott, who's emergency um, pre the game. And we get belted, absolutely belted off the park. Everything that went wrong went wrong. Ball didn't bounce, guys shirking it. Um, yeah, just getting – and got beaten by 10. And we're favourites going in. So uh, it just wasn't to be. And that was really unfortunate because 0-2 they were close. Should have won it, could have won it. Lost by nine points against Brisbane. Um, so the whole playing group was experienced enough to go, we're here again. Right, they lost in 0-2. They, yeah, yeah right. to nine, po- nine points in the, sort of a wet day. Yeah, yeah. The, it was Anthony Rocker that kicked that goal, went over the post, right? Called a, yeah. Called a point. Yes. Goals, yeah, yeah. And then Ackermanis crumbs one in the goal, top of the goal square. Lecuria went to the side, didn't go ground level cover in front of him. He snapped it over and put him nine points up. With right. the two minutes to go and game over, so um, yeah, so they lost two in a row. Um, how, do you, how do you reflect then um, on oh, the two grand final experience? Like yeah, in, in, in total, it, it's the one thing that um, I don't have that, and, and I'd give my Brownlow back in a heartbeat to have a premiership medallion. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what we play for. And that's what we all play for, and I don't have one, um, and it's the biggest regret. So, you know, I had two cracks at it. Um, and that's the one that probably, more so than the Melbourne one, we should have won. I reckon. We, we were the better team, but we just didn't play the best footy in the day. Brisbane were harder and hungrier, and they deserved their, their glory. What do you remember of your first Anzac Day game playing for Collingwood? Or do you remember any of those in particular? Yeah, 03. I remember James Heard cutting, he kicked five. From yeah. midfield. Yeah, 27, I think. Nearly 30, kick five. And um, I think Bucks had Bucks had high 30s that day to kick one. They play on each other. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Hurdy was unbelievable. Kick five. Um, medalist. I think it's 03 is the one where I'm not sure if you've seen the vision. Uh, we come out from the Great Southern Stand side then. The new change rooms weren't built back in 03. The Ponsford was not there, so it was a Big win that comes through. Um, Three-quarter time, I reckon, Mick sat us down in the huddle. So if you've got if there's a vision, there's we're sitting down. We're going to find this down. Mm. Um, I'm on one knee and, just, and listening in. I'm not sitting down. But I've been about, was Mick having a crack at you? That's the question I've been asked. Is he even a crack at you at the time? I said, no, nah, it was just all purely team. Um, but he sat us down. Yeah, I don't well, know why. We've had Sherrod on the podcast and he's told some good stories about Mick. Like, and yeah. and so fond, fond stories, a great oh, coach. Oh, great coach. Very, very so good coach. So everyone take a seat? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yep, take a seat. And he just... <laughs> that's, and it, that's hilarious. And with us, that, because Mick's an authoritarian, he, he, he's... And we've been shit-ass. Sit-out. Sit, bang, bang, bang. 
We got smacked. We got lost by game, 60, six, 11 goals. After the three quarter time. <laughs> three quarter time. We're on the ground and we're like school kids. <laughs> Sorry. It was embarrassing. The only time you see people sitting down on a footy field is after a grand final. Yeah. After that's taking it out. Yeah. After the grand final, everyone's sitting around. Yep. Like, so we lose. It got belted in 03. It was embarrassing. I heard ran amok. Um, 04. 04. Um, I played, didn't play a great one in 03. Pretty quiet. 04. Played okay, um, bit of it. Um, heard Anzac Day medalist again. He only didn't, but he hadn't didn't have the impact. I think kicked two, but um, but they gave it to him again, and we lose by five. So I remember like oh two, I wasn't there, but we win. I come three, four, and five. We get beaten every year, and then oh six, seven, I leave. They win. <laughs> So, <laughs> I was the one. Curse. Yeah, got a curse on the end. Is it like? Is it like? You see some guys. I saw Josh Dunkley spoke about the Easter Monday clash. Now it's not the Anzac clash, but um, they play for the Royal Melbourne Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. and how much it meant to him. He's he's won a grand final, played in another one. It, it's as much as a grand final, the feeling and yeah. like what it means. Is that the same Anzac Day? Absolutely it, for Collingwood people. Yeah, definitely. I had it at Melbourne with the Queen's birthday. Yeah, Melbourne Collingwood. Big occasion. Yeah. That was our home and away big one. Um, but Anzac Day, Anzac Day was special uh, for Collingwood. And my first experience of it all, and the lead up to, like Mick, and, and Mick's been back at the club this week and speaking to the players, Mick draws on the Anzac experience and what's happened yesterday and years ago. And a wonderful storyteller. In this and he, it was compulsory for all players. Reserves guys had to go to the dawn service. We had our own service a day or two earlier um, as players, but we embraced the occasion and what it meant for the country, the club, ourselves, um, our teammates. And he drew on all the experience. People in talking about it, um, unbelievable. It was that was a highlight for me. Um, and Mick was very very good at it. Now he's um, very good at it. So, yeah, the occasion, and unfortunately, there weren't packed crowds, like 60 to 70 back in there because of the stands, but when they get to a 90 to 100, um, yeah. But And standing there, last post, deafening silence, hear a pin drop, not one person in the crowd of 100 is speaking, and the last post is going, eerie feeling on the G, eerie. Yeah, unbelievable. And to play in three of them, pretty special. Okay, 04. I was dropped after the 05 one. Um, so that went well. That went well. Right. As a viewer, next to the grand final, it's probably yeah, the one the where, when you're watching TV where you're like, the crowd is in this. Like it's, mm. yeah, like you said, the, everyone sort of just buys into the, well, feels the occasion. Yeah. As a player, it's the one, like I never, obviously got, got to play in one that yeah. I would, that would by, by far, that's the game. Yep. And it's two clubs who have come together in 95, first one, I think it was. Yeah, and to bring this experience and let everyone embrace it, the whole country, including the AFL, who have bought into it. Yeah, great occasion. It's unbelievable. And I, and I was pretty special to be able to play three of them. So you finish up 2005, mm. delisted. Delisted. Um, that was my first year I played reserves footy. Um, that was my first game after. The I mean, you played, you played over 100 from your debut. Yeah. So, so my first experience played for Williamstown that year. So I dropped after the Anzac Day clash, my first one. Um, again, didn't think I should have, but went with it. Came back in the following week. 
Um, dropped a couple more times here. I missed seven games that year through being dropped. Um, round 11, about to play Port. And I was having a shower and Mark Kleiman comes in, who's um, more footy ops, comes in and goes, whoa, he, he, I was in the shower, I was always last to leave. Um, <laughs> you're going to be home tonight. Uh, yeah, why? Uh, Mick wants to come around. Yeah. Why? He's like, oh, I don't know. I think he said it'll be over about 6.30. So anyway, oh. and sure enough, I shower up, go home. said, D, Mick's coming over. Okay. Um, he came over, I sat at my kitchen table, round 11, and says, um, I thought I'd show you the respect. You need to start looking for a new home. Round 11, I was out the door at the pies. Wow. In the middle of the way through my third year. Um, gutted, shattered. Mate, are you serious? Um, I just finished second, the best and fairest in 04. And all of a sudden, I'm on the outer here. And uh, he goes, Yeah, oh, mate, I, I can't get rid of Shane O'Brien. He's 25. I can't get rid of Scott Burns, 12 years, chairman. You're that in that middle. You're 29. Um, and we finished 14th the year before. We're about to finish 16th that year, um, Wooden Spoon. And as a player, again, emotional. Mate, that's bullshit. Um, but when you look back now on reflection as a coach and you understand decisions that match committees and footy departments are going to make for future, and, you know, they delist me and a couple of others and then pick up Pendlebury and Thomas, two and five, <laughs> the next draft, and then five years later they win the flag. So you get it. Uh, back at the time I didn't. Was it uh, in that in that moment where mixing your kitchen – is that what, what's that? What's that like? Um, it, were you angry or, angry, was, it, was, yeah. or was it just nothing? Yeah, yeah. Did you go at him? Bit of both. No, nah, I didn't go at him. Angry, disappointed. Why, mate? We're mid-year and uh, yeah, I'm out of contract then, year. But I, and I probably think I wish I hadn't run out of contract. Maybe I should have just put another year on after the best and fairest, um, just to save yourself. But back in those days, that oh three four five six period, birth certificates were. Huge. You're 29, 30, you're gone. There's no such thing as mature age players coming in and older players. It's all about youth. Um, so, yeah. So I was stuck in the reserves. Um, I was on 194. There were six weeks to go. And you're probably going... Um, could have been like, let's go, you're 194. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll finish on 194. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the twos and they're playing kids. There's no way I'm coming in. I'm training. I'm asking questions. What's going on? I'm in good form in the twos. Um but bought in, got bought back in um, for the last six. Played two hundred, and that's when it finished. Did Mick do? Do you think Mick knew? Yep, he knew. He's he's smart enough to know, and so he got me the two hundred, which I really really appreciated. Um, that's pretty special. Yeah, it was special. I yeah, I was done. Not many people would do that. No, nah, no, nah, not many coaches. There you go. It's no sentiment in this game. Yeah. See yeah. ya. See you later. So there's your two hundred. Um, but weeks after the year, I still wasn't being told I was delisted. I was on the Gold Coast, and then I rang Barmy, who was the footy manager. I said, "Mate, what's going on? Yes or no?" Um, finally got back to me. Finally got back to me. Nah, not gonna, not gonna re relist you, mate. Um, that's it. So um, spoke to a few clubs. Spoke to Clarko. He goes, "Mate, you're in my best twenty-two. But I promised my members were going youth. So my birth certificate was ki- killing me then. Um, 
and that you, was it. You were pretty publicly trying to get back on the list, though. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You, you were, you were doing media. You were, doing, yeah. you, were, you were nominated for the draft. You played with Ace Rowe, winning Best and Fairest, 2006. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? Uh, yep. And then and you and you were, you were saying, I'll, I want to play AFL. Yeah. Now. I said myself, 06, when I came back here, I will prepare as an AFL footballer, not a waffle player. I'm a full-time job, but I'm here to selfishly still play AFL, but now I've still got a role and a responsibility to help the kids and East Fremantle Footy Club get back to where they want to be. I left East Fremantle powerhouse in the 96, um, and the biggest and the most professional waffle club, and I, let, I came back and it was a basket case. And my first training session, I'm going, what am I doing here? This was absurd. Um, Snake pit. Yeah, I just go, I've got a bit to do here. Um, but 06 was all about, yeah, me going back in at 30. And it was 1% chance, if that, and I... But I'm going to give it a crack. Did it? Go, did you go close? Yeah. No, nah, I didn't. I play state footy, um, play well in the state game. Uh, didn't eventuate, which I knew I probably wouldn't. People but just weren't doing that. Well, I suppose yeah, people aren't thirty year olds aren't going to happen. It's still not happening, is it? Nah. So for a midfielder, maybe like a ruckman. Possibly, yeah, yep, definitely, absolutely. So um, I said, then I seven my second year at East Fremantle. I'm just going to enjoy waffle footy. Now I'm here now to my time's done. Let's go and have some fun. So, 07, Dan, got to jump in here. Yeah, just, I just before we get to 07, yeah, okay. I, I just got to ask about the, the Mick coming over to your house thing. Yeah. Um, that drive home after your shower, what's, what are the things you're going through your head? Are you thinking, I'm getting dropped, or you're like, he just wants to talk, you know, positions? Like, what are the, yeah. all the sort of the things that are going through your head where you think, why is he coming to my house? Not delisting. Absolutely not. I was, th- yeah, uh, we're going to drop you again. Um, this is what I want you to focus on in the next couple of weeks. You know, just typical coach-player relationship. Have chat. you been to your house before? No. And I don't think he's ever done it to anyone at leading up to that. So um, when I got to Collingwood, um, so what you see from Mick externally is this abrasive... <laughs> <laughs> just wants the Fossil. world. Fossil. Fossil. <laughs> yeah. Um, but internally, inside those four walls, he is anything but... He is the first person to protect all his players. He's your father. He's your counsellor. He's everything. Um, he builds relationships very, very well. And it wasn't just mine. It was my family's as well. So he really brought me into the club. So those first two years were really good. But then I possibly get it in 05. Yes, he's trying to save his job. And he's got to be making decisions in what's best for Collingwood. And I understood that. But I was thinking, yeah, just what's the next focus for the next four weeks? Um, not start looking for a new club. Yeah. Oh. So I spoke to Choco Williams. I was driving down the Quinana Freeway, heading south, when I spoke to Choco about um, possibly going to Port. And he asked me a question, he goes, which was quite strange, and it is Choco. And I, I remember when I was at the um, at the cot um, post-grand final, and I asked him, I said, mate, do you remember this? He didn't. But he said to me, he goes, what do you think of Shane Crawford and his antics on the footy show and what he does. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, what's your thoughts? Here, I'm just trying to get on the list. I'm not asking about it. I, said, I don't care. As long as it doesn't affect the team and the performance, it doesn't matter what Croft does. It's entirely up to him. Um, all good. He's, he's funny. Maybe I gave the wrong answer. So I didn't get an opportunity at Port. But uh, that's what I was asked. I've got a great Choco Williams story. So draft camp. I get to draft camp, uh, national draft camp when I was getting drafted, you had to be nominated by five clubs to get a draft mm-hmm. camp. Um, so somehow I got nominated by five clubs. It, it was, 
I was a surprise all the way through. No one thought I'd make 16 states. No one thought, no one kind of thought much of me. And obviously, my size and I'd shown enough. Anyway, I go there, didn't think I was going to get interviewed by any clubs. Anyway, no one's getting interviewed by any clubs. Um, I'm leaving dinner on the first night we're there. And sort of similar to you, someone comes by and said, Oh, you're going to meet in this room. Choco William wants to speak to you. I'm like, oh, fucking hell, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. No, no, I, there was 100 guys there. No one had spoken to clubs. I was the first off the rank, I promise. So go into this dark, <laughs> dimly lit room. There's a laptop set up and Choco Williams is there. He's going, how are you, mate? Sit down, mate. Sit down. Exactly, sit down. I was like, oh, no worries. He's got a clip on there. He goes, I want to watch, it. watch this clip. Tell me what you'd do if you were the player with the ball. And I was sort of like half looking at him like, what do you, what do you mean? And he goes, all right, ready? It's playing. Here we go. Like, fuck's happening right now? No introduction. And I still remember it because um, I didn't get drafted by Port. There was a guy kicking out and it was a behind the goals footage and he played it once and he, you know, space bar and yeah. then space bar again, like hit it. He goes, what would you do? And like, I've literally walked in out of dinner, sitting in front of the laptop I've got he's in his port kit. There's another Mick Moylan was in the other corner yep. with his, you know, zipped up a cross over his face, looking at me through his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? And I, I sort of said, oh, I kicked long to this option, or you know, kick short here, kick. I never noticed there was no one on the mark, and he wanted oh. me to say play on. Okay. So basically, I gave about six answers, <laughs> and he was going, no, nope. <laughs> I, I kicked long here. No, nope, that's wrong. Nope, nope. <laughs> I was like, mate, I don't. I had to say, I don't know, mate. And he said, no man on there. Mark, mate, you got to play on. you got to play on. Take the game on. All right. All the best, Will. Have a good one. Kick, that was that it. That was it. Kick me out. Brutal. Never spoke to Port Adelaide again. <laughs> no. And that was it. Never got, never got drafted by Port Adelaide. There's a line through. Let's go yeah, correct. <laughs> I, I look back <laughs> on it. That's a bit like, rough. That's like, yeah. he was never wearing a he tie at abs- all. He was abstract, though, mate. Yeah, so. very much so. Strange. Very much so. He's still working in the game today. Yeah. So 2007, right? So you, you play one year at East Freya. Your second year at East Freya, you want to enjoy your footy. I don't. I genuinely don't have a good memory of of footy, but I and I don't know why this sticks in my brain, and it hundred percent does. It's a memory of you and I, and I don't know if you remember it. So I was playing for Peel that year. It's my first year, Peel Thunder. Just remember, I came into the footy club, couldn't do one chin up, right? right. So I was an absolute piece of shit, <laughs> skinny <laughs> runner, you know, doing whatever. And I was down at Peel, probably getting who knows fifteen touches a game, absolute pleb. And I say on the fixture, East Fremantle, Shane Bowen, and Brownlow medalist playing. <laughs> and although I was all of this, all these physical attributes, I've always had in me this, you know, white line, got to go. Chirp. Got to, yeah, got to go. I've got to go at the best player. <laughs> so I, a 17-year-old, Shane Wodan, 31-year-old, yeah, maybe, yeah. Brownlow medalist, I just go, Shane. And oh, like, I think I do. Is that pre-game? Oh, who really? knows? Probably pr- all yeah. of it. Yeah. So what yeah. I do remember is, I reckon post game I shook your hand and I, I had to apologize. I remember yeah, apologizing I to you. Do remember? And you that. were filthy. And you yeah. were filthy at me. And fair enough. And I look back on it. Fair what enough. What were you doing? I just like being a little shit. Well, I was a seven, yeah. seventeen year old, eighteen year old right. going brown. Worst brown but the same as probably. I ever do. Else. Yeah, little recollections. Yeah, I do. Brown and I remember why we like I shook his hand. I always, I, and and I and you know me, I always put my hand up. I gave you nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Probably went back so, No, no, you gave me nothing, which is why I remember it. I shook your hand and I pulled and I said, mate, hope, you know, hope it didn't go too far today. I gave a pretty, what I thought, a pretty genuine apology. And you just looked at me with these eyes. I just remember these eyes, this look, <laughs> this look like, I'll, I'll kill you. Yeah. If you come near me again, I'll kill you. 
<laughs> Do you remember it? Yeah, I, 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 I personally remember it. Now, and that was 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like you're ringing some bells. Yeah, and it's amazing how little things are brought up by others and you start to have a little recollection of what happened and not knowing what it actually was said. Me. It doesn't sit with me every night. But when I knew yeah, I was yeah. having a chat, I was like, oh, I reckon yeah. I, was, I remember I sprayed it. Al Nicholson once, ex-team on My first time I played against Melbourne, he fumbled in his, his D50 and he's a mate of mine. He's a West Australian. He was a teammate of mine, and I've gone over and I've gone him and sprayed him. Biggest regret in the footy field. I, yeah. That's one regret I do have is standing and standing over him when he's on the ground and giving it to him. Yeah, terrible mistake. That's so. funny because I, that's what my feeling is, and I don't regret too much that happens on the footy field. I generally think just go out there. What happens? What happens? Yeah. But I, the look you gave me made me regret it. <laughs> yeah. You made yeah. me regret <laughs> my actions, yeah. which you won. Oh, you completely waffle won. footy, isn't it? <laughs> no, bloody hell. So then you go into coaching. What's your coaching career? What's that? What's the, you know? We're probably we're gonna get we wrap things up shortly. But coaching East Freo, and then into assistant coach at Brisbane. Yep. So coach um, straight to playing, had a crack at the senior job at East Fremantle. There was about five or six candidates. I didn't think I'd get it. I thought I'd do it for the experience. I bloody got it. First year coach, no idea what I'm doing, but I'll have a crack at it. The fact that I knew the playing group and I knew exactly what needed to be done, um, which was really which was important, um, but it was a learning curve, uh, particularly eight and nine, and then my final year ten, um, got into the finals for the first time in a decade, which was really exciting. But then I had Kane Lucas, Brad Shepherd, Jamie Cripps. I had some speed and youth, and it was unbelievable. It was good fun. Five goals up, three in during the third, and we got done by East Perth in the first semi. I was gutted. Um, I thought we could have won it, but I decided after that year, and I am the nard on a third or fourth year, but um, Michael Vice approached me to come to Brisbane. So I jumped at it and thought, I've got to get in the system and see how far I can take it. Um, so I went over to become mids coach, stoppage coach for the first th- um, four years. Um, three years with Vossi, one with Lepper, and then my final two years with Lepper, I coached the NEFL team and went back and coached the kids. Um, which was another experience in itself. Um, some good times. I remember getting beaten by 180. Oh, oh my gosh. We played GWS at GWS as a curtain raiser to the senior team. We got beaten by 180 184. We had six listed players, five of them rookies, one first year. Who else was playing? Local uh, NEFL players. Yeah, so back then we didn't have what they have now. They have their academy players joining them. So we're getting them from everywhere around Brisbane, sunny coast, south coast, wherever they can no, get. No, thanks, mate. No, it'll burn me. Not this stuff. This whippersnapper <laughs> stuff. So good. It's it's good. It gets, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. So we bring them from everywhere. We'll bring them day before a game from the sunny coast just to get them in, 16-year-olds, 70-year-olds who haven't played at this level. We, we're just scrapping to get a team. We play GWS who has 22 listed plus one academy. That academy player is Jacob Hopper. <laughs> Who had, who had 35 that day. <laughs> and we got beaten by 180. So quarter time, so I go down. Like pr- before they join the league or something to get some, like... So it's, it's the reserves comp. Right, right. In the NEFL. So it's now at the VFL, which is inclusive of the NEFL. They were right. playing in... Yes, you're right. They yep. were playing in the reserves comp. Yeah. Yes, yeah, to prepare to join the AFL. Is that right? No, that's... that's. So that was their... That's sorry. our reserves Oh, that was just their... Sure, yeah, yeah. right, right. So right. the Brisbane Lions, Gold Coast Suns, yep. GWS. Yep, yeah. yep, with you. 
um, some Brisbane teams, the Thunder in the Northern Territory. and um, So we played GWS and we got absolutely mauled. And at quarter time, I've gone down and gone, I'm not going back up in the box. I just need to be here for these kids and learn to coach from the sidelines and just make decisions and, yeah, a bit of fun, but, oh, my goodness. It was a train wreck. Coaching's a tough caper. Tough caper. I mean, Michael Voss, that's an interesting one. Like, he, he comes in, pretty much player, coach, you know, sort of straight in. He was going to be at West Coast. He was – I did 100%. Mate, yeah. well, no, he was. Yeah, he, he was in. A, I was at a function. It was a, it was the season launch breakfast, and Michael Voss gave this speech. I still remember it today. That's so weird. No, he Kids were in school here. Yeah, he, yeah. he was in his polo. He, he was a midfield coach. Mm, yep. He gave this speech, and he said – I still remember it. He said, um, I never set my – I never – Never snooze my alarm. So I'm coming in here to set standards at this footy club, and one of them will be, like, obviously, huh. within, he said, I'll never hit snooze my alarm in my, la- in my life. And every one of these midfielders, they'll never hit snooze again. And that was, that was kind of the start of his speech. Two days later, he was gone. head coach of Brisbane. <laughs> Lee Matthews gave him a call and said, come and coach. Yeah. See so you later, West Coast. Yeah. So he's obviously you know, been and gone at Brisbane. I know you don't know what's happening at Carlton, but it looks like he's changed a lot as a yeah. He's grown a lot. That was grown a lot. Ten years ago. Would have learned a lot. Because um, um, I think Vossi was very much um, in my time at Brisbane. Because he'd taken him to finals in 09. Um, but very Vossi was very much about offence. Not sure a lot about defence. And um, things changed. But he would have learned a lot under Ken at Port. And particularly defensively. I reckon, yeah. and um, be able to manage them both. And, mate, I reckon when you're eight years out and you're doing something different for the second time under someone else, learning new stuff, you take that to your club. He was he always going to coach again. He matured as well. Oh, absolutely. He's probably, like, you're further away from being a player, so you, mm. you lose that, you know, kind of like I assume Sam's bucks. You know, what I do is on the field mm. and train and you need to play like that, you'll probably lose that as you get older. And oh, absolutely. But, geez, the stuff I learned off Fossey, and just because I was the mids coach, and because, and Fossey and I went toe-to-toe against each other multiple occasions, midfielder v midfielder, and brutal. Um, but the stuff we taught each other, and particularly he taught me as a, as a coach to coach the mids, uh, around craft and technical stuff was unbelievable. Genius. A genius. And you, yeah, no wonder you're a star. I remember when you did that against me. Yeah, so um, yeah, things he learned. Yeah, he was, he would be the first to admit the mistakes he made, particularly probably more from a relationship side of things, and probably being too much in the computer and not enough with his players. Um, whereas now, and again, second time around, and look at him already from yeah. afar. He just seems like he seems like a different guy, and that's that's just a comment from afar. Yeah, he seems. But even what you hear out of Carlton too, from the yeah. playing group point of view too, they're invested, they're all in. So I'm wrapped for Vossi. Um, yeah, it's so good to see him back, being successful again. Last one. We're about to do social media, which I sure you know about. Well, it's a very big segment on podcasting that I don't even need to answer from that. Before you get there, <laughs> must have been a really proud moment for you, your son Taj getting picked up, father-son to Melbourne. Uh, absolutely. What um, was that like? Two moments for me. Yeah. Um, October 12th. Taj has always been a Melbourne person, always. I've never pushed him to be a Melbourne a red and blue. It's, it's been his blood. He's a supporter. Yeah. He was at the 18 prelim as a supporter with his mum. How'd that go for him? Sorry. Uh, he was brutally, verbally bashed in the lifts. By his mates or Brandon's? By West Coast supporters. Because oh. he had his Todd, um, Jack Viney oh. jumper on. 
Fans of uh, It's amazing. He's brutally high. But, you know, we got belted that day. Um, uh, but, and for him to play for Melbourne was, um, it's always been a dream. He wanted to play a, AFL footy, and that's all he's ever really worked for. So, um, two moments. October 12 is when we were in his manager's office and the club, we're on a Zoom, and the club's nominated him. He's accepted. So when Jason Taylor says, we're going to nominate you, that moment, and you're watching his face straight away, um, and then the moment we had out in the car park where we embraced each other, a few tears, that was unbelievable. You know, and the fact, mate, you are now going to be drafted. There's, that's, the, uh, that's the advantage of being a father-son. Now, there's no guarantees you'll be at Melbourne if you're bitted on, but you're going to be drafted. And then obviously draft night when the name's officially read out and you're on a list, on a primary list, that moment with the family and friends and his friends going berserk in the lounge room, yeah, they're the moments. And everything I did in my career passed insignificance to those two moments because you, you live through your kids. You do everything for your kids and you want them yeah. to be um, the best they can be and achieve everything they do in life. And those two moments far outweigh anything I did in my career. So you going to be a better player than Shane? I think he will. Yeah, I, who, who knows? But I th- he's a better 18-year-old than I am. Yeah. Than I was, but in the end, it doesn't matter. Does doesn't it? matter, <laughs> you know. He's there, and he knows now that he's only at the front door. All the work he's got to push it open and smash it in, and and be the player he wants to be. But um, he's in a great environment, learning from the best. Um, just got to bide his time now to get a game and in a premiership team, which um, he's okay with. What, what what's that like? That uh, that father son, I guess, relationship. You being a star of the AFL. And him growing up and, and seeing you play and then, you know, you finishing up. Is it is it something that um has he naturally wanted to play AFL? Like, yeah. like this is something he's wanted to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um from a very young age. Um and he wasn't he wasn't as gifted as what others were, probably very similar to me, you know, um, through his junior days. Um he didn't play state sixteens, he got dropped or he's got cut. The state sixteen. I said, mate, you don't have to be the best sixteen-year-old in the land. Who cares? It's only two years away. Yeah, why do you get eighteen and then you start showcasing yourself? Um, but might have been good for him, right? Absolutely, absolutely. He got told by Benny Dyer, the state sixteen's coach. We're at Rotto, and I remember the occasion. He walked off on the phone and come back, um, just emotional. He, you know, his world had crashed. Yeah. I said, no, that's where you step in and help as a parent and. Um, and then went to work. And the one thing I've never, ever had to teach him is what you've got to do to get to where you want to go to. He's just been as dedicated as everything and working on his craft, his game, what he needs to be good at, um, make his weapons his weapons, and then the rest will follow itself. And um, you know, he's learned different roles over the last three years before he was drafted and um, he's been given his chance and, and earned the reward because mm. he's put the work in. Um, takes no genius to understand how much hard work you've got to put to get in there. But it, as I said, he, he understands he's only at the door. He's what, num- what number is he? 40. What number are you? 22. Okay. So he, he was asked, do you want your dad's number? Uh, no. No, you can forge your own career and make it your own. So What uh, position did he play? It's ignorant by me. But what, what, yeah, so um, he played he played half back, which I think was a great idea by Quentin Lynch. When he was Lynchy. at Aquinas, um, Lynchy put him to half back uh, for the school year of his bottom year. 
Um, sorry, he's year twelve year. Got him sort of coming at coming at the ball. Come, yeah, there. just yeah, see it from different. Him, yeah. yeah, players are running back, learn to drop off when you need to. Use your skills coming out of half back because his weapons, his leg and his hand. So um, that was a great learning curve for him to be behind the ball, learn how to defend. Don't just be running around with the midfielder and do those things. And then um, half back with East Fremantle that year when school finished. Uh, and then last year they wanted to see him work on his inside game. So get around the contest and do that. So he plays inside mid when he captained East Fremantle last year. Oh. Um, so he learnt both, uh, which was great for him. Really, really good. And then, um, yeah, the D's were – and the D's have been on the watch for a, a couple of years. Um, but, yeah, they took him. I mean, no, I mean, nothing better for his development to be around good players as well. Yeah. You know, just my opinion, because it happened to me as well. I got drafted to the West Coast 2006, right? So I went to a premiership team. I would have much rather my development. Played three games in my first year. You know, it was barely a sniff. But to learn from – I still look back on my time looking at Judd, Cousins, Cox, Embley, Kerr, Lynch, like all these guys that I, I you know, glass, like I think about how they trained and how they worked. If I'd have come into a club where it was bottom bottom rung, I wouldn't have learnt those things, yeah. That's those standards. And that, and that flowed through the generations just directly below me as well. You know, Maston, Maston's year, you know, Natanui, Shuey, all those guys learnt off those guys. Yeah, 100%, mate. Couldn't so agree with you more. It's he, a good he – he's not going to play round one. Yeah, no. He's just not going to play around one. No. But, but he'll learn. That's right. Petrarca, Oliver, Viney, Langdon. Yeah. These boys. Just a few names no out. Yeah. Well, that's it. And Goody, Uze, you know, mids who played the game at the highest level. Mm. Um, yeah, great education. Great learning. I want to say, if he's if he played a bit in the back line, I want to see him keep 40 on his back. That would be unreal. <laughs> yeah. Play some games in 40. <laughs> yeah. Make the lock of your own. Yeah. No, no, no. They're swapping to the lower numbers. We'll we'll see what happens in yeah. 12 months, two years' time. <laughs> All right. Now. Very importantly, <coughs> social media, Dan. Yes, sir. Powered by Cameo. Cameo. You on Cameo, are we? You on Cameo is? I've heard of Cameo, not on I it. I might have to get the we'll Brownlow medalist on the Cameo. Cameo yeah. celebrity shout outs, right? So it's a, uh, you know, someone wants to, a nice little birthday party. I want a Brownlow medalist just saying happy birthday, yeah. happy happy 30th. Happy, There's you know? a few around, isn't there? Yeah, but yeah. Cameo's the Cameo's best, the mate. one? Yep, Cameo's Actually, the one. I just yesterday did one for, um, oh, for <laughs> someone named um, Maddie. And, I, you know, it costs like. Th- because I've set my price so low, yeah, it's a bit of a joke. But I set my price so low, it was like three ninety nine. And I told, I told this girl Maddie, I was like, "Hey, by the way, this guy Tim's bought this birthday message. Cost three ninety nine. Make sure you, you know, make sure you hit him up for something else. Like if this is your only present, <laughs> yeah, this ain't good." But Maddie, you know, happy birthday. All right. Well, cameos are, are around us. You can find Danny. You can find man. Maybe Shane a little bit later. I jump on. So mm. social media. The fans send in questions. They get to ask you the questions. Mm-hmm. Right. There's some. I think there's some names here you'll know potentially as well. Mm. The J. Jaden, uh, how's Collingwood FC compared to Melbourne? Uh, heard that. Sort of covered that. that yeah, Taj Mart seventeen. Um, I think it's Taj. How did you like the PSA system at Aquinas? How did it prepare you for the AFL? Oh, I never played PSA. Is that? I don't know. Yeah, it's I didn't play PSA. I was at Kent Street, so no PSA go. back then. Taj does <laughs> not know the facts. How was it just going through the public school system? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Building you up from the bottom. How yeah, good. It was a quick cut back then. Sharon W underscore. Oh, here we go. Who's your favourite expert to work with at the ABC? He's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking... <laughs> oh, Sharon, it's you, mate. Uh, so, uh, he actually had a couple more questions to throw Oh, Brawny be filthy too if I didn't I mention Brawny. Actually, not... Yeah, okay, yeah, Brawny's very good too. Now, I actually just came meeting a couple of guys... One of whom played in a charity football match with you, and he said, 
to ask how your calves were. Potentially, potentially pinged a calf a month ago. It wasn't was potentially, it yeah. Pinged. Pinged a calf. <laughs> I done my hammy pre-Christmas. Cuz rang me up, said, mate, I need you to play. Cuz he rings you. I'm yeah, playing. Yeah, I haven't, haven't played with Ben since 95. So I'll go. Thanks, Rio boy. Yeah. Um, got, got my rehab my hammy, got it right, back in. For the game. Oh, and I did everything right. Tested myself the Thursday night to make sure I'm right to go. Don't make a dick of myself. End of the first quarter, start of the second. Handball received from Pritis. Ping. Calf gone. The Brownlow connection. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, and Sharon also said, um, what did he say about? No, you went there. Said you were always knocked up, always getting, always getting knocks and injured to your head or something. So what, uh, is, is he got that from Mick, or is that I've told him a story? Is, is yeah, that, Mick said I, Mick made a comment one day to me that I was the most bloodiest player he's ever seen. What do you mean? Like I got stitches in my forehead, in my eyebrows. I got that many, and he goes, Mick made a comment one day. It's because cause, it's because you fumble. <laughs> you have to go back on it And that's when you When you go back on it You get whacked Right So that's bullshit But <laughs> You reckon you get stitches Because you fumbled He fumbled <laughs> wow. He made that comment one day So mate sure Come on Mick Probably Joel Selwood Takes that now right oh, yeah Every yeah, Well he was before yeah. So yeah. Um, Alright this is a good one uh, Well maybe not I don't know if you're Sensitive about this change Saxon underscore Saunas Do you regret the frosted tips? Absolutely not <laughs> Trendsetter You bringing yeah. them back? Actually, Bleach have you seen some of the boys running around uh, these days? Yeah, these boys, uh, Guelphie, Ginevan. Jordan with, DeGoe, he's been yeah, rocking it for years. Mate, I see Moore rolling around with blonde tips. I did it 99 for the first. 98, I tipped it. That cap first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too much pain. That when that so hurt. Oh, I've done yeah. that before. I probably did it 99 too. Oh, holy yeah. hurt. And then went, you know what? Bugger it. I'm going full head, bleach. Great. I remember walking in the club with a hat on. Walk in. Gary Lyon walks in. Tips the hat, shakes the head, puts it back on. <laughs> didn't say a word. <laughs> um, well, you don't you don't give that to Stephen Tingo when he does it. And Sting has been around one of my idols, but um, yeah. And then I went, you know, that's no, too much now. It's starting to fall out, I think. So that's when I went uh, the foils and did the full head of foils. Two thousand. You have a blonde hair. Do you have one that you know helped with the brown line? No, possibly not one. Not one. <laughs> Maybe the boots. <laughs> <laughs> what were the boots? Yeah, Puma. Oh, All good. over the Puma. Thank you, Puma. Strength. Um, yeah, Paul underscore O underscore nine one. Um, after winning the Brownlow, what does the after party look like? No after party. That party was um, island a trip. Party. Yeah, no, nah, no party. Got we had a grand final party. Got abused by the coach pre the night. Yeah, we walked. So grand final finished. Go back to Crown. Losers. Um, it's a, bad, it's a, yeah, shocking, it's a shocker. shocking function. We go upstairs as a playing group first before the function, get on the beers, a little bit rowdy. <laughs> we know we've been beaten, we've been embarrassed, we know that. Coach walks in, storms, rips shreds off us for celebrating too much. Ugh. And then, oh, not a great way now to enjoy the evening. More so, so nah, the after party that year was all Australian. I wasn't all Australian, I was invited on the tour. Um, in Ireland, so that was that was our that was our party. Nice, yeah, that That's was good. yeah. Is that it was, that wasn't the, the brawling ones with the Scots, was it? No, no, no two thousand. So we would have drank. Oh, Michael, sorry. So we were there for eleven days, two games. So there's nine days, nine days of drinking. <laughs> just prepare for the game, and we just 
bashed them. It was good fun. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed those two, that tour. That's unreal. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, good. Yeah. I remember we, we walked, walked back from Temple Bar one night, so we're walking back to the hotel, the Berkeley Court, at 5am, I reckon, and as we're walking in the lobby, Dermot Burton coach, he's walking out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, mate, good times. That's great. Good times. G'day, Derm. Um, two more. Tim double underscore. Uh, Philado Fish, yay or nay? McDonald's Philado Fish. Nay. Yeah. Okay. Nay. It's an absolute no. Nah. Yeah. Rotten. You haven't tried it, have you? Oh, Years and it's years. It's gotten better. It's gotten better. Has it? Yeah, Not even tempted. It doesn't even excite me. No, it doesn't no. even interest you. No. Yeah, that's all right. It, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll be very Bottom of the pile. If, if we find a guest that says yes, then we'll delete the episode and we'll never yeah, is that one of your favourites? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's good. Oh. Well, it's, 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 it's embarrassing. Yeah. I was forced to eat one. We, we tipped over a subscriber milestone. I was I ate one on the podcast. It was oh. Double fillet. Putrid. Absolutely. Double. Oh, it was lucky to be fish. Yeah. <laughs> really was. It's um, last one. Oh, the, I mean, this is a good one to finish on, I think. Harry.j012. What would it take to bring back the frosted tips? Funny you ask that. Funny you ask that. Good. Because my kids, and particularly my daughters, even Taj to a lesser extent last year, wanted me to bring it back. Wow. I went, mate, that's a big ask. At 45 years of age, it is. it's a big ask. <laughs> you know what? But I said... I will do it on one thing that it is for charity, not a problem at all. I'll do it for charity, but you have to organise it. It can't be any of me. It's yet to be done. So You're not going to be folding foils. What are, what are the kids' names? Let's do a little quick shout-out to the kids because yeah. I want to see the frosted tips yeah. back. So Sienna and Summer, okay. my two good daughters, um, and Taj was a little bit to it. Um, they wanted it, but I said, that's okay. I've got no problem doing it, but it will have to be for a really good charity. Um, but you have to organise this, everything. Summer, Sienna, Taj, how much do you want it? How much do you want to see the blonde tips? Because I personally <laughs> want to see them, so I want to see them back on. Mate, um, it's been a pleasure. Genuinely a remarkable footy story. Appreciate the time, mate. Been a great chat. Um, hopefully you've had fun too. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, no, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. You happy You happy with that, mate? Very happy. If you want to find us, you can find us on backchatpodcast.com.au. Well, yep. Right, you're right. Definitely. That's your homepage. Hello, I'm on. Backchatpodcast.com.au is the email. You can find us on socials, backchat, double underscore, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're on Reddit. Don't know what we do there. <laughs> you're on YouTube. You can subscribe to that, Wally. You need to subscribe to that. Cameo, yeah. Whippersnapper, thank you very much. These shelters were pretty good. Yep. Blue bet. There you go. Blue bet, thank you very much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue 
Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.